In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Yo, it is perfect, folks. It's Tuesday night. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. My name's Tony Dunn. We're here every Tuesday night. You can catch up with us. By calling into the Cat Calls line, the number is 252-228-5098. We're here every week chopping up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. I do it each week with Cody Lashney. How you doing, my friend? Tony Don, what's up, brother? It's another Tuesday night. And like always, there's nowhere I'd rather be than right here with my boys talking about some Panthers with the best, most lit Panther fans in all of YouTube. Underground West, Susan Dean, Sarah Taylor, Tommy Dot Martin, Trill Warren, Joey the Blind Panther. I love that name. That's Joey Esquivel, by the way. Shout out, Joey. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Man, we've got, uh, really, we don't have a ton to talk about because it is kind of the starving time of the news cycle. The NFL schedule will be coming out Thursday, and people have been making fun. Uh, that it's going to be a three-hour event. And I still want to ask, what else do you guys have to do? Why are you guys even care that it's three hours? Make it six. We'll be tweeting about it, I'm sure, the whole time because there's nothing else to talk about when it comes to the sports world, really. So we've got that to look forward. But really, we're just kind of sifting through the latest rumors and news. And uh, we've got CK here, as usual, to break it up with us. How's it going, man? Uh, super, uh, super excited. I, I guess no. I, I think that's probably just fake. Um, right Hope now, springs just, eternal. Yeah, I mean, right now, I guess the only thing we have to look forward to is uh, Warzone on Saturday and Sundays, right? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. For me, I get I get to look forward to it for two weeks because or two about straight weeks. Yeah, close to it, about twelve days or so um, between. Oh, I get off work and uh, I get to continue to do what I've been doing for the last three months. Now it feels you know like. it's gonna be it's gonna be super funny, uh, Greg. After this two weeks, Tony's gonna be better than both of us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's already better than me. So, <laughs> all right. Greg's in the house. The man, the podcasting legend, who expands into uh, deep uh, to all territories. Yeah, how's it going? Big stuff, man. Oh man, it's it's doing uh doing pretty good, man. Just uh, tired. Long weekend, long week. Uh, Tuesday night, I just want to sit down, drink a beer, and talk Panthers football with Panthers fans, and uh, there's some crazy ideas out there to stir the pot up. It is fun hanging out with you guys, talking about the Panthers each and every week. We've been doing it now for this, I think, is our ninth season we're doing the show, and uh, my wife makes all of these plans to hang out with her friends and try to keep uh, her social ties going. And I just keep living my life the same way, and that is getting on the internet and chopping it up with Panther fans. Go ahead and subscribe to the show. Smash the thumbs up button. We're on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher. Let's go ahead and jump in to the conversation, guys. The the real news, or if any, it's not even news. I call it fake news. But there is a quote. Joe Person went on WFNZ and said that uh, Matt Rule was interested in trading back, but it was Marty Herney that wanted Derek Brown. And then Q, the the guys that the hate Marty Herney crowd, comes to life 
talking about how nothing's changed. The Panthers are a broken organization. And even Jordan Rodriguez fired a shot today. She didn't know it because she tries to be Miss, Ni- Miss Perfect. I mean, and not in a mean way. She's nice and she's trying to be respectful all the time. But she put up a picture. She was talking about the analytics room with the L.A. Rams. And she said, uh, the Panthers don't have one of those. So a lot of people have come out and said nothing's changed. We've debated yeah. on this show whether or not this team was the reins were going to be given over to Matt Rule, how much of the fingerprints of this draft were on Marty Herney. Guys, what do you make of this story? Because the one you guys linked, I don't buy at all because it comes from fake news source number one, Fox News. Well, I mean, so listen, this is what I've been kind of on for a long time, that Marty Herney has much more power than we give him credit for. I mean, I feel like there's this notion amongst Panther fans that Either you don't like Marty Herney, and I kind of consider myself to be one of those people, even though he did have a good draft, in my opinion. We haven't seen him on the field yet, but he had a good draft. I think he had a a decent draft last year as well. Um, But we have to get over this notion that all of a sudden, Matt Rule, after signing a brand-new contract, after having never coached a, uh, a snap of NFL football, has now come into the Panthers organization and completely taken over the reins. And Marty Herney is just this lackey of David Tepper, who's basically just some dum-dum doing what he's told to do. I don't believe that. I firmly believe, and I have believed for a long time, that David Tepper really does like Marty Herney and respects his ability to um, scout talent um, and from the college level. And, you know, this does not surprise me. Uh, it, that this is true. I've been saying this is true. Marty Herney has real sway and power in the organization, and he has his hands over most all things that we do. This whole Wizard of Oz routine is not true. All right. the I disagree. I, so here is that we... What do you mean by Wizard of Oz? So Like I, the I, man I, that's like behind the curtain controlling the scenes is truly Marty Herney. If it may be, if the Wizard of Oz might be David Tepper, I might kind of believe some of that. But look, is that this, this transition went exactly like they told us it was going to happen, right? Is that Marty Herney was being retained because he's been in the NFL system the game the draft he's been a gm for a long time he had the scouts it was his scouting people that were in place and that while they were bringing in matt rule with this giant this long contract and putting so much faith behind him that it would be foolish for us to also ask him to learn how to be a nfl coach and nfl gm all and in such a short amount of time with no contacts put together this because when we look at the staff i mean these look like matt rules guys when we look at the free agent acquisitions they look like guys that matt rule and joe brady would have advocated for not necessarily um marty herney going oh well let's go sign these guys that used used to coach and let's go get teddy bridgewater because he's familiar with joe brady so I do think that Marty Herney's influence is important, and it is influential, but I don't think he fully has ownership of the vehicle, and I think that he might just be a temporary driver. Uh, yeah, and David Tepper has kind of said as much, hadn't he? 
Greg, why don't you jump on this one, man? Because I know you've uh, had your theories about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, man, j- just think about listening to what Tony was saying right there. I, I kind of think you're, you're spot on, Tony. I think that that I think that uh, Herney is is temporary. I, th- I think that they've made that clear. Otherwise, they would have, you know, announced that he's the guy of the future. And they, they even said they're keeping him there as kind of a consultant to begin with. Because right? as a GM, he's not that bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was bad. Tepper's words. So, um, he's great. Exactly. He's like amazing with the draft, <laughs> but as a GM, he's um, not that bad. And, and and well, I mean, he hasn't done that bad, I guess, in the last couple of drafts. But the thing is, I'm, I'm with you, Tony. I think that he has some control. I mean, he definitely has to. He's the GM. He has to have some kind of control. But he's not in full control. I mean, because you even heard Matt Rule say, you know, I pick these people. I pick this guy because I'm running this. I'm, I'm running this team. I'm in control. So there's got to be different degrees for each person, I guess. So, I mean, I, I, I think it's spot on what you were saying. CK. Can we talk about this, though? All right, uh, and this, is a, this is a question for everyone. So, okay, I mean, we have never seen Derek Brown play yet. So, uh, basically, it's Derek Brown at seven or you trade back. Now, we don't know what player we would have taken if we trade mm-hmm. back, but there are, and again, who knows if this is real, but there were rumors that the Panthers may have even uh, have gotten a first-round pick in the 2021 draft next year, but they didn't want it, and they instead chose to stick with Brown at seven. So not having seen Brown play, and just from where you are right now, what would you rather do, draft Derek Brown at seven or have another first-round pick in 2021, if that was indeed the case? Well, don't you think yeah. that these draft games, this is like war games, you know, like this is what the, where, where we're playing exactly. here is war games, but we're, we're fielding all these hypotheticals that are really merited. Like, I don't believe that there's a lot of substance to the discussions, right? So like, really, you, you're trying to tell me Joe person goes on the radio and says this, and he knows for, with a hard source that the Panthers had real trade offers and that Marty Herney was the one that made this decision kind of overriding that he's not even going to write a expose on that. He's not going to write a story on that. I mean, why say that then? Why even say that? I think he floated it out there more and I'm going to have to go track out his exact quote, but that there were calls, but they decided not to take it. Now, I don't know. We hear that kind of crap all the time. I don't know. But here, I don't... if this, if it's true, Cody, if all of these people are right that this is what how it happened, then Matt rules a bitch. <laughs> I mean, Matt like rules? you're trying to tell me you just got an eight year deal with a team, you come in as the guy that needs to be the savior, and then you got this tag along GM, and his will overrides you. I would throw a fucking shit fit. And I promise you that David, I would have called David Tepper right up and said, homie, this is not what I fucking signed up for. Right. So that makes Matt Rule complicit. This is not like, oh, I would, you know what is Matt Rule probably said the same shit he's been saying the whole time, which is this like real coach speak, which is like, hey, we'll keep all the options on the table. Of course, we'd love to, you know, there's a lot of holes to feel. I mean, it's like, this is, I just don't buy either. This is kind of just rumor mill, slightly exaggerated, or Matt rolls a bitch. 
Who Excuse do me. you want to have? Who do you all want to have the final say? Matt Rules, a, 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 a first-year head coach, again, who has not coached a snap of professional football, or Marty Herney. Who do you want making the final call on what we're doing draft night? Who has the final Well, this is a though? fucking trap question. Right. Well, let me ask you something, Cody. <laughs> if you pay a quarterback $40 million a year, who do you want starting in the big, in the game? The quarterback. Exactly. So if you give a guy eight years, is that what we gave him? Yeah, like sixty million <laughs> or some shit like that. Yeah, or whatever. Some crazy. Like, like that's the guy you want making the, the decision. The point you're making, though, the problem with that point is Matt Rule wasn't hired to be the GM. Yes, that's, that's like what you're you're what that that I guess analogy is going to be really uh, beneficial if you're saying, do you pay the the quarterback to also play linebacker? You know, then at that point in time, I agree. But there, like Matt Rule was hired for one job only, and that was to coach this team and to build up these players and actually develop them. But we've uh, Marty- also heard though when he went to, when he interviewed with the Jets, right? Scott Mason with uh, Play Like a Jet, who's come on our podcast several times. He said that you know they really he slayed it in New York when he interviewed last. Like they wanted him. But or in like he just was the hot name, but he said that he wanted full control of his staff, and they did not want the you know the New York administration is too hands on for that attitude. So it's not like he comes in here like all I want to do is coach. Agreed, but I mean th- those are again two different things. Like if he's saying he wants to be con- in control of his staff, fine, you know he can be. What we don't, what we fail to realize is that Marty Herney is still the boss of Matt Rule. Yeah. Like that is the the hierarchy. It's Tepper, do you believe Herney, that? Rule. Okay, but, but Tony, we're doing that's like saying that like that's my kids that I'm earlier. technically the boss of my family because no, it's like my really my wife. But that's what I was trying to say earlier, man. So we keep on doing this like this conspiracy thing. With Marty Herney, like we all just, so what? Do we all just think that he's just some dolt that goes up there and just does interviews because David Tepper is nice enough to let him? Like if we it's think that Marty, yeah, but if we think that Marty Herney is just this push around guy and, and we're, we're letting everybody else have all the say so and we don't believe that he's actually behind things, then what is he actually doing? Now? I think he's what authentically trying thinking? to contribute. I think he's trying to be a team player, man. I don't think he's yeah, trying he to be the boss. I think they're really, and we've heard Matt Rule talk about this over and over and over again, about how great of a working relationship it's been. So it's kind of like when I go to work and I work with my boss, like, yeah, she's my boss, but she don't come in barking orders at me going, remember, I'm the boss. You know, is that at the same time, usually we're kind of bouncing ideas off of each other. And then, yeah, I guess if there's at some point someone has to make the final decision and the responsibility of the decision and the results of that decision lie more with them. Right. Uh, So I think uh, that Herney gets I mean, rule gets kind of a pass on a little bit of this because of that, because it's going to it's going to be Herney's head that rolls. I'll ask this final bit. Do we believe that David Tepper has entrusted Marty with all final say so on all personnel decisions as the general manager? No, no. I don't believe so that. Then, not, then, in my opinion, I don't even know why he's there. I mean, like we're we're, we're even debating. Even the chat room doesn't know. Like we're debating 
uh, like who drafted these players? Is this a Matt Rule draft? Are these the players that Matt Rule wanted, or is this a, a Marty draft? It sounds like uh, you're agreeing with me, well, man. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm just saying that, like, I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying that. That I think. I think Marty Herney has more power in this organization than we can give him credit. I would for. say influence. Yeah. Well, no power. I said power. 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 Well, here's the thing: is if if Marty Herney uh, is the one who's in control of this draft, like you know, Tony, you were talking about how Matt Rule, you, you're basically saying he was kind of a bitch, and uh, if he didn't get what he wanted in this situation about having, well, not having control, and and well, CK, you, you said Matt Rule didn't get hired to be the GM, and you're absolutely right, but you've got to have a GM and a coach work well together. Yeah. Because you're not going to want a GM that drafts – if a coach has a vision and something they want to do and Matt Rule wanted to trade back that bad or didn't – see, that's the other thing. We don't know if it was bad. We don't even know if it's real. All right, let's so, just imagine yeah. that he wanted to trade back that bad and he didn't have, didn't, and uh, Marty Herney didn't do it, then he's kind of rolling over. Right, exactly. Here's what the headline says of the story from Pauline Deadjaw. Who, like, why are we even listening to this lady? The <laughs> headlines – I've never even heard of her before. Paulina Dejaw. Uh, Panthers Matt Rule wanted to trade down an NFL draft overruled with Derek Brown pick report. That means it sounds like to me the way that they're framed. I just don't believe that this was something like, hey, I don't want to do this. I think we should trade down. And Herney's like, no, this is the right move. Is it was probably like something like, hey, do you guys think that we have so many holes we should trade down if the opportunity comes about? And then Marty Herney's like, eh, yeah, kind of, except for Derek Brown. is for, like, So you probably have one guy that wanted to lean maybe a bit more towards Derek Brown, maybe. But it yeah. doesn't – I just don't believe there's, like, this dissension. And, no. like, they weren't on the same page during this. And if they weren't, then I got a problem with Matt Rule because I want him to have bigger balls. Well, the part of it that I think that I agree with you on, Tony, is I think it was a conversation like that, right? I don't think it was, I want this, and then Marty Herney said, He just put the pick in. (laughs) Sorry, pick's been made. (laughs) It wasn't like the, you know, sit down rookie type of situation, right? Right. It was was clearly going to be a conversation, and it was civil, and and Matt Rule, being logical human being that I would say that he is, makes the decision to... Hey, let's listen to the the GM who has actually hit pretty much on every first round draft pick he's ever had, right? So let's listen to that guy. I think we're also a little bit swayed, Cody, by the analytics Twitter that wants to promise us that we could have had something so much better than we did. And look, the Boo Birds are out. They came right at, right after they congratulated every fucking pick that Herney made in this draft. Then they come out and they remind. Then they start chastising fans for being stan, Marty Herney stands. Right after they went and just held homeboy uh, Jeremy Chen's balls. Right and tea bagged him. <laughs> they then go, oh well, this you guys have all this faith in Matt uh, with Marty Herney. No, it's really the whole thing with Marty Herney has never been his ability to really manage the team. It's been his ability to manage the team with a, with an owner uh, who has had a lot of influence on him. 
right? But I feel, I feel like now there are a lot of Martin Hurton defenders because they're saying, hey, man, look at this draft. But there look should the be. Look, I mean, all right. Right, but then hold on, but hold on. Then on the other end of that, though, there are people saying, "Oh, Mario Hurry did a good job, but I don't think he's really in control of things." So then, which one is it? Like, is this his draft or is it not his his draft? It like, seems to me. Look, is that this draft seems different than Herney's past drafts, right? And yeah. uh, and, and so much, I think said that too in the chat. I think too they kind of tuned in to this. Is that I think we see Matt rules affinity for certain types of players and certain types of things absolutely absolutely um, i think that this is where i think that the herney haters don't give him enough credit for is that herney has been pretty damn adaptable throughout his career right he's dealt with fucking jerry richardson and the jeans friday shit he dealt with having the hometown hero or Jake DeLome, the hero, having Steve Smith. He kept Steve Smith happy. He should give Ben give lots of credit for that. Um, but he kind of, yeah, it's like he had some good moments and then he had some not so good moments. And it seemed like JR had some influence on that. He gets fired. He then goes into local radio, hangs around, and is very gracious the whole time to the new staff, is not overly critical. And he's really, I felt like, come in, and even when we thought that his job was temporary and we thought that he was going to get jittery and try to make some moves to keep people happy and to show his value, I think he's kind of been steady the ship. I think the problem has been is Marty Ernie has been with guys like Ron Rivera who wanted older players, and he went and got those guys. Um, after every offseason since Marty Herney has come back, we have nothing but said good things about him. We have. I mean, and until the season starts, that's when we start talking shit about it. Yeah. But overall, like right now, I mean, what he did for Ron Rivera, he went and did what these guys needed to do. A lot of times they just couldn't get their shit together. Mm. I mean... All right, let's break it down. All right, let's break it down then. Is that where has Herney fa- really failed since his return? Like, what has he really I mean, done um, that has been the root cause of the Panthers' problems? All right, so this is just going to make me sound like, oh, his coach is just being a footy dude. Like, you're going to say I sound like, like those If you say he cut Harrison Herney. Butker, I'm going to come across that damn screen. Hey, come at me, bro. I'd rather have Harrison Bucker than I would too. I but fucking no, hate Graham Gano, but come on. That's not what I that's not what I was gonna say though. What, what I was gonna say is that I mean, okay, like if we're looking at, at this objectively, right? What was the main criticism of Marty Herney the first time around? He paid D'Angelo Williams, then he paid Jonathan Stewart, okay? He paid big money to two running backs, okay? What did he just do? He just paid a running back the highest money in the NFL. But, hey, Christian McCaffrey is far better than either of those players ever were, and he didn't double down and pay Bonifant, too. There'd be no reason to pay Bonifant. But I'm just – I'm naming these out, man. All right. You you asked me what – but what you could say against him. And hold on, hold on, way, pause, pause. First piece of evidence introduced by the defense or by the prosecutor, guys, is Christian McCaffrey is paid contract. All right, carry on, Mr. Attorney Cody Lashney. 
So I also raised that in this draft, not one offensive lineman, which, hey, I think we had a good draft, but I, I don't know. And Tony and I were having this conversation before the draft. But, I mean, I, I really think people are going to be surprised seeing Teddy Bridgewater behind the consistency that is the New Orleans Saints offensive line and what we've seen from them and us. And we're going to roll into the into the season with a quarterback that we know is you know has dealt with very major injuries, and you know other than trading for uh, a, a thirty-one-year-old Russell Okun, you really didn't do anything to make our offensive line better. And we have a quarterback that's kind of injury-prone, and I think that's legitimate. Building, building the foundation for the Teddy Bridgewater. Objection, your honor. Objection, your honor. Hey, I mean. Objection, your honor. There was a Swiss cheese of fucking defense right there. They didn't even have enough warm bodies to fill the whole squad. Exactly. So, okay. So, second piece of evidence entered in by prosecutor Cody Lashney is we didn't draft an offensive lineman in this draft. Carry on. So I, I think, um, I mean, so I, I think we have to include, well, we haven't played this season, so we have to. How long has he been here? Since 2017? Or, so, what, or, or 18? It was 17. 18 he that- came in in the, um, right, the two days in the training, or the day before training camp in 2017. The day before training camp. So, yeah, I mean, and then how about this? Uh, until then, last year's draft picks um, after round one have not turned out very well. Graham and Greg Little was kind of a case that you couldn't control. Objection, Your Honor. Dante Jackson. Jackson. No, no, that wasn't good at all. Dante Jackson. Oh, been up are you kidding me? Dante he's Jackson. He's been up and down, but he's been good. Uh, he, he's been good, but he has also been benched. And that's and, just a fact. And last year was his second year as well. Objection, Your Honor. Josh Norman was also benched. Okay, so I mean, yep. I mean, okay. what, what, what about what about the the two other linebackers that we? Okay, so one Jermaine had, Carter. Uh, so you want to base this whole damn argument on Jermaine Carter? You haven't even brought up the two most damning pieces of evidence. I'm not giving them away though. I'm building. Yeah, well, uh, listen. All that, right, you saving it for last? Hey, yeah, man. All right. Yeah, oh, oh, of course. I, I mean. It, Listen, so we have not had a lot of draft picks pan out. He has not proven to have any success um, in draft picks outside of the first round. I mean, he's had some, you know, some hit and miss type of players. But to this point, we haven't had a lot of success outside of the surefire first round picks. And then to, I'm even going to be reasonable here. I don't know how much I know what you wanted me to say. But I don't know how much that is on Herney. And if we're going to say cutting Cam Newton, now, I mean, how how much of a decision does Herney have in that at all? Doesn't that suggest to us that he really doesn't have a lot of influence? Um, Shout out to Anthony. I guess this is Anthony Rochelle. Anthony, hey, you, $2. Thanks for your support. Carl Van in the house, my man. Coming in strong with the 499 support of the show. You can call in at 252 228 5098. 
Do you think that Cam Newton uh, cut should be used against Hardy Murney? Hardy Murney. Hardy Murney. <laughs> that's what we'll start calling him. I was about to say, that's got to be the Hardy next Murray. thing. Hardy Your Hardy Honor, Murray. he's really an imposter. His name is Hardy Murney. <laughs> that's not Marty Hardy. That's Hardy Murney. <laughs> Pollen Pones. Pollen Pones. <laughs> so, all right, you want to uh, hold the Cam yeah, cut yeah. against him? All right, I'll give you that. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, so, I mean, so hold on, hold on. We're blaming Herney for the cam cut. That no, sounds I'm like not, it should be on rule, though. I think that's the yeah, rule. I'm, I'm not saying. So again, we're having this discussion. Oh, was this uh, decision rule's idea, or was it Mario Herney's idea? Well, how do you hold that? Is that if you slapped your mama, really how are you gonna hold it against me? Well, that that's a thing. Uh, I'm not gonna hold it against one. If you slap my mama, she won't slap you right back. I said if you slapped so, your mama. <laughs> Oh, well, well, if I'm not slapping my mom anyway for a bunch of different reasons. I know. So, yeah. <laughs> so, what I'm saying is, is like, if we're going to say that we don't know who's calling the shots on every single issue, holy then shit. Wow. Mar- Mar- Marty Herney at least deserves wow. some of that blame. Cody, so, open up the Google yeah. chat. Open up the no, damn. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that, that's Den Mama. That's the all den mama is taking care of her cubs during this quarantine. Thank you so much, Susan. Coming in. The biggest donation the show's ever seen, $49.99. Holy cow. I'm blushing. Baller. Blushing. That was awesome. Blushing. It was right. that it was that bumper. Yep. That was the bumper. <laughs> it's working. So, okay. All right. Is, is your do you rest your case yet? No, one more thing. All right. Let's hear okay. it. I, and and this is it's not fair, but I pose this as evidence. He uh, has the dumbest face out of uh, all the GM. <laughs> out of all the GM managers, that, that guy looks like he dips tobacco in the morning and then goes in and, and listens to David Tepper boss him around, and then he makes football decisions. But now I rest my case. Can I, can I ask you, Tony, before you make your two points that you were talking about, some of the most damning evidence against him? Yeah. What are they pertaining to? Draft or free agency or? For me, uh, is the draft is number one. Okay, and, and so I would say this is that we've been critical. You, what Cody said is is outside of number one, like a Brian Burns or a DJ mm-hmm. Moore, really hasn't got much out of the draft. And I think that that you know is is a is a fair argument, right? Is that I I still want I'm not giving up on love. Little, excuse me, little. Like, I think there's still opportunity there. I think there's value with Dennis Day. I think in a year or two, we might be rethinking some of these picks. But there are these two damning picks that have really screwed us, right? And number one is Will Will Greer. And that kind of a waste of space that that's become. It really was a directionless pick to me. That's what it felt like, a directionless pick. And then the other is Rashawn Golden, I think, is a stain on his resume. As, you know, we tried to, you know, we know that there's these problems at safety and stuff. But I think that there's a lot of free agency things that we could talk about that he's done very, he's done pretty well. And I don't think that whole, I don't think signing Chris McCaffrey should be even be allowed into evidence, Your Honor. Let me ask you. I don't even know. I'm, I'm going to try to look this up real quick. Uh, if we didn't draft Will Greer, who else is available right then? 
probably some awesome ass safety that we missed. No, 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 I'm not sure. I saw another piece of evidence because Greg reminded me of it. We took Will Greer over Chauncey Gardner Johnson, who was a damn Chauncey Gardner Johnson last year. Chauncey Gardner Johnson, <laughs> who was a damn good safety for the Saints last year, and who let me look them up real and, quick. And he, yeah, he was one of the PFFs. I mean, you know, for whatever you think of them, he was one okay. of the top. Okay, all right. Players. So yeah, that is a bust. That's a that's a bust, right? Will Greer is a total bust. For right? sure, I give you that. And um, he made that pick. But well, let me ask you this: you you guys say that he's a total bust, right? But we also remember that he was playing behind a very bad offensive line, having to play catch-up because our defense couldn't stop anybody. And he really didn't play, to be honest. And we were playing for a first-time offensive coordinator, you know, uh, at that last part of the season. So can we really say that he's a bust? He hasn't really had the opportunity to do anything beyond that. that. It's not that he is an absolute bust, but if we're talking about Marty's decision makings. I think that you have to be able to use that against him yeah. because it, well, it was a player that I felt I felt at the time. And if you remember, I said this after last year's draft, I felt like it was an insurance policy. If Cam Newton got hurt, well, Cam Newton did get hurt and mm-hmm. that insurance policy was not there to be had. And I still maintain that that was the plan. So their own plan didn't come to fruition. Does the, the prosecution rest? Does the prosecution rest? The prosecution rest. Garner Johnson, 38 tackles, one forced fumble, one interception. Not like... Dude, you're not seeing what, when those plays are coming. Oh, that's true. There's, 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 there's more to the stats. Chauncey Gardner Johnson. What's his name again? Yeah, Chauncey. You, you got it. Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I feel like it's... Oh, all right. Prosecution rests his case. Can the defense take the floor now, please? If you want to. All right. Number one. If you have to. I appeal to the jury. I appeal to the jury. Remember that the burden of proof lies on the prosecution. Right. And that in this case is not the defense's job to show that Marty Herney is an ex is a great GM. It's not the defense's job to prove to you that Marty Herney is the best GM the Panthers could have. No, our job is to show that Marty Herney has been a capable GM who has fulfilled his responsibilities of what was necessary in a very difficult situation. The GM, folks, remember, jurors, the GM's job is to give coaches the tools that they want and they need to execute their game plan. In 2017, the Carolina Panthers defense, even though Marty Herney made his best efforts to bolster it with players that Ron Rivera would like, was a shit show. So, in a complete revamp, and we don't know if this was on the players and the staff as much as it was on the or on the coaching staff, because uh, Eric Washington is demoted and Ron Rivera takes over. In the offseason, Ron Rivera decides to implement a complete overhaul of the defense and it is Marty Herney that goes and executes that for him getting the players that Ron Rivera thought that would fit that style of defense Marty Herney didn't fight it he went and drafted Brian Burns he went and got Christian Miller he added um not Don Tari Poe who's the other guy 
that just left? Gerald McCoy. Gerald, Gerald McCoy. McCoy. Right? And he's able Ruth to Irving. navigate these things. And what we see here, and added Eric Reed to in a midseason of 2017 when that defense was sorely lacking. So right and now, that I, was when safeties were going for an outrageous price yes. as well. And we got a discount on him. And not to mention that Marty Herney has been reflexive and rea- and he's been able to be nimble and quick in his tenure, his return, Marty 2.0, is that his top prospect in free agency in 2017 was loudly la- was lauded as a great pick. His name was – or a great uh, addition, and that was Bashar Breland. Bashar Breland then got an infected foot could not pass medicals, and it derailed the Panthers' free agency season immediately. Somehow he was able to scramble together and get Don Terry Poe in a move that does not look like it was all that great, you know, in retrospect, but was necessary in so many ways. So to you guys, as I would say, is that Marty Herney has not been great, maybe average, but he's not been bad. Not been bad. Well, I agree. I, I, I agree with that because I will say that we always praise him at the you know at the height of off season. You know, in in most yeah. cases, I, I I can't recall a time where I have been upset in the middle of off season with Herney. I remember this time last year we were saying the the tagline, Miso Herney. Yeah, right. That was uh, that was on our list. That's something that we were doing because we were so thrilled with the the moves that he was making. The effort that he was, you know, the fact that we went in with a very bad cap situation and we were able to pull out the players that we did on paper, we should have been an incredible team last year. Again, and it's what was. Rivera seemingly the type of guys he wanted too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do think here's one other. If there there is one uh, thing that hasn't been mentioned that probably is a negative that could be applied to Herney is that when he did take over for Dave Gettleman and he was Jerry Richardson's lackey, I saw one guy on Twitter say that he was extorted by Greg Goldson and Thomas Davis. <laughs> so if you feel that, is that if he's been extorted by players that are kind of fan-friendly, then you yeah. could say, but I don't even think they like really undermined our cap so much that was that problematic. I don't remember going like, oh, my God, Greg Olson's contract is fucking the real reason that this team sucks. Right, but that's (laughs) the point because Mario Herney is going to pay the the favorite players that the fans have. And, hey, fans love that because that means our favorite players get to say and we get to see them play as a Carolina Panther. Um, But my my problem is is I don't see Mario Herney as the kind of – uh, talent evaluator that evolves with the times, and again, this draft was good. But he's um, been nothing so but far, nimble, but though. I mean, like I, I don't think you even see a pattern, pattern in his drafts anymore. He's well, I mean, again, he's been. You said it yourself, he's been nothing but average. I mean, and that's that. that and my whole thing was this: yeah, maybe he's not the worst GM. Maybe you could do a whole lot worse than Marty. But my point was. At a point in time where you are wiping the organization clean and starting over from scratch, what was the point in keeping 
only an, an average general manager. I mean, that, that's, that's always been my What my about this point. is that what a, uh, here's the reason, and I've been saying this for weeks now on the show, is that he's the Jack Ruby, man. Is that do you want um, – imagine if we would have brought in a brand-new GM. Guess what? The team still would have been trash, right? I mean, you can't, you're not going to be able to fix it that quick. So guess what? Is all we would have heard, it would have just been all the negativity would have been on that GM and Matt Rule as we suffer through this season potentially. But now, you know, if we start out 0-6, guess what? We just announced that Marty Herney's fired and we've already been in the works for something. We know the direction we're going, right? So, so, yeah, I mean, I don't feel like... um, You know, is that this is actually probably a good time for him to be here because when we get in this, if we go two and 14 next year, you're going to need any out other than Matt Rule because it's going to, even the most ardent supporters of Matt Rule and David Tepper will get fatigued in a two and 14 season. In the first season, you think they will? Yes. I think everybody, look, all right, because let's go on now and let's continue the conversation by moving into. This what's this uh, story that came out that you want to talk about about the rosters? Yeah, so Stephen Ruiz um, of USA Today put out an article um, ranking all NFL rosters from thirty-two to number one. Thirty-two being the worst, number one being the best, obviously. And he has the Carolina Panthers sitting in the basement at thirty at number Who's the thirty worst? on the list. Uh, no, the worst is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then in between us is the Washington Redskins. Mm. So, and I mean, if you want to hear his reasoning, he, uh, Steven Ruiz goes on to say, I don't know if this team is attempting to start over or just rebuilding things on the fly. Either way, this is not a talented roster. The defense was amongst the worst in the league and lost some major pieces, including Luke Kuechly. Okay. The, offense, the offense was even worse. But there is more hope for improvement there with Teddy Bridgewater replacing Kyle Allen. Bridgewater has has a limited ha, him to say had had a limited season, though his conservative style isn't going to work with opposing offenses putting up twenty five points every week. So essentially, he's saying our offense isn't going to be able to go blow for blow with all of the other talented football teams that were set to play especially in our own division. And I wanted to hear everyone's opinion on this because uh, he has us pretty low, and that kind of spits in the face of what many Panther fans are feeling right now. A lot of people in the chat room uh, feel that we have a good football team and that we might be a contender. Greg said that we might be good for 10 wins. Yeah. Uh, all right, all right. That's, that's what you said before. No, Listen, so, no, no, okay. Uh, go ahead. I want to clarify that. Good. Yeah, no, and I did say it might be. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of clarification that can't be made on that because it's not going to happen. But yeah, I mean, no, that's it. I just want to know if everyone thinks that, that that's about right or wrong. Like, are we a part of, are we one of the worst rosters in the NFL right now? And that's hard to say because it is every roster. Again, I, I think it's so tough because, you know, one of the things that we, at least a good portion of us will agree with is coaching is such a big part of this, right? It's not all about the type of talent. And I think there's a lot of teams out there that will prove that. 
it's not about how how many incredible players you have. It's about whether or not you can actually coach these players up. So, I mean, there's too many unproven players in this environment right now. So I think we just kind of have to play it by ear at this point. And, and saying anything other than we don't know is just – it's I, – I just can't really – I can't really have faith in anything beyond that. Yeah. Okay. Real quick. Okay. So last week I was talking total statistics here with this when I was talking about the Panthers, and this is what I based that on, okay? Last year we won what, five games? Yes. All right. Okay. We won five games last year with Kyle Allen as our quarterback, a worse left guard than we have right now, a wide left receiver tackle. core that's yeah. not as good. Huh? Tackle. I thought, I thought, okay. Anyway, Tat, you sorry. Anyway, um, better wide receiver core this year. Yeah. Okay, so we had a worse wide receiver core. We won five games, okay? we I also went back and looked at that, and eight games were within a touchdown, okay? Or within one score, and six of them would have been one if we'd have stopped one touchdown. We shored up our defense. I think actually, weren't like three of our first six games, or two of our first six games, didn't we lose them on the last play of the game? So if, we if, lost the first it, game uh, to the Rams, and we were ahead. And then I feel like they came back in the second half when Todd well, Gurley. We were we were screwed with that. We were game. screwed in that one. The Rams, right. Tampa Bay, the, the Packers, the Packers. Yeah, so so that's three games right there. Last play of the game, so that gives us eight wins. So that's three more wins. That's eight more eight wins right there. If you have your defense hold three games of six less points, you're a nine ten win team, and we have. On paper, a better defense. Than we, we were did the. Last year. That was the. Only well, I don't know if I would that. say we have a better defense on paper. We don't. We have a young defense now. But here is the deal: okay. is last yeah, year, it doesn't matter what we were on paper last year because the real paper was this: is we were the 29th team in defense on against the run. So it yeah. wasn't like yeah. we were. That what I would say is that this story to me. But finish your point, Greg. Is that I do think. Look, is that we weren't. We were weren't atrocious last year even though we were better than we should have been last year with the off with some of the offense that we had the defense was really the achilles heel and was not able to help our offense at all yeah well and and my point kind of was like that could have happened to us last year and i think that we have we're putting a better team on the field this year than we were last year so there's no reason to say that if things fall your way now if that were to happen i don't feel like we're a team deserving of that We'd be one of those teams limping into the playoffs or backing into the playoffs that don't deserve to be there, and I, I, I wouldn't, I don't want that because it can happen. I mean, a lot of football is luck. Like I said, three plays in the last play of the, or three games, last play of the game. You know, that goes the other way. We're eight win team last year, right off the bat. So, I mean, things could change. Is all I'm saying, and I, I, I don't think it's going to happen because I personally think we're tanking next year. I think but, the story is fair, Cody. Good. The story is fair. Right? Yeah. Is that really – is that – I don't know if we have the worst or one of the worst. I mean, obviously, we don't have one of the best rosters, right? We no. would – you know, is that if anything, we picked higher in the uh, – lower in the draft than we should have or higher in the draft, whatever it is. We really deserve to be like a fourth pick with the team we had last year, right? Yeah. And we kind of got screwed by being seven. Some, you the know, Reds can't beat us. Was that four-win streak? The Reds, the red, the Redskins beat us, and they had the number two pick in the draft. Right, 
So, but here is that, like, I don't think we have a good team, but I don't know if it's as bad as they're going to make it out. As I think that this argument right here rests on one thing, is that we don't have any defensive names right now to really feel comfortable about. But, like, losing Luke Keekley, yes, that's always going to be a giant, va- you know, hole to fill. But at the same time, Luke Keekley was... is. You could see that things were just weren't working well last year. So, yeah, that's going to be a regression there. I don't know if our defensive line is that while they racked up some sacks last year, I mean, are we really going to miss Mario Anderson that much? You know, um, I hope that Brian Burns can be a player out there. So, no, if we judge this team's roster by the defense, it's completely unknown. The good news about the defense is is there's room for growth because we got young. On the offense, though, I don't think you should shit on the roster, but so much. We have the best running back in football. We have a capable wide receiver core, like Greg said, is that, in fact, arguably the best wide receiver core we've had in a long time. In a long time, yeah. And I don't even think that that's even great to say because a lot of those guys are unproven in my opinion. I'm not, you know, sold that Curtis Samuel is the next greatest thing anymore. I think DJ Moore's good, and I hope Robbie Anderson works in this system. But I don't think we're going to be, like, dominant as a wide receiver right. core. But it's better than we're kind of accustomed to. And I'd say the offensive line is actually in better shape than we're used to. I mean, here, we just don't have the name Cam to look look to, or, to anymore. We don't got Luke to look to anymore. And don't act like losing Bradbury is going to derail this team. Bradbury was very – he was good, and he was available. But, man, I don't know if you guys remember that Pittsburgh game where our 2018 season shit the bed. Juju Schuster's 95-yard touchdown yeah. or whatever. That was on Bradbury falling down. You want to go look up uh, angry who's angry Billy Marshall and his tweets. He had a series of tweets that said, "Look at the Rams ran three times at Bradbury last year in that loss." So I don't think we got that. Uh, we're much worse. How about that? Is if anything, we're kind of where we were with the opportunity to grow into the following season. So I don't think it's unfair. You know, I mean. I, it kind of sucks that the Redskins have a better roster than us, but they do have a, a pretty solid defensive front. Now a defensive. Co- oh, and add we got a new coach. Who knows? Yeah. Who fucking mm-hmm. knows? We have a brand new coach. We have a brand new, new offensive coordinator. coordinator. We have a brand new yeah. defensive coordinator. Everything about this team is brand new, it's and unknown. there's a lot of and, and there's a lot of young players. So. I mean, and this is why it's so weird. And listen, we have to continue to be transparent about this. At at the end of another really bad season for the Carolina Panthers, potentially lies a jackpot in a franchise rejuvenating quarterback. And by the way, I'm not just talking about Trevor Lawrence. A lot of people are really high on Justin Fields too. Justin Fields. A lot yeah. of people a lot of people even prefer him. So if you're I mean, if if Having another kind of weird season that just goes into pits lands us one of those people or one of those players, then it's 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 hard to be like, oh, I hate that this team sucks so bad or that the roster isn't good right now because that might be the best thing for us. But I mean, I don't know. We're not. None of us are pulling, but we want the Panthers to be a good football team. 
but you're not being a bad fan to look at this roster and say, yeah, I could easily see how this team is a bottom-of-the-barrel football team in 2012. Sure, sure, and I think it would be foolish to not think that, right? I think that mm-hmm. is that that's what it's supposed to be. I think the good news about the way the Panthers are doing it is that I think that they're going to be competitive enough to keep us entertained. Right. Yeah. Right. Is that that's where I think is that when we when they put that offense together, they're like, hey, guys, this is going to this ain't going to be Rome won't built in a day. Right. This is going to be something. And then when you decide to move on from Cam, you have really redone it now. Right. You're going back to kind of square one is imagine if the offense was putting up three points like it did in 2010 and you're giving up 40. At least, you know, we'll go out there and, you know, we might lose. 27 to 17 but we'll score some points you know you got christian mccaffrey i who knows i mean and according to you guys joe brady is such a genius that's going to have a hood coach job in in a couple years how can you not be um more optimistic about this team than you have been in past years when it comes to the offense except for hey we miss cam I don't know. I'm just thinking about what you were just saying there about, uh, you know, that the team. It sounds like you're you're almost accepting mediocrity type deal. I'm actually accepting bad. Saying. Like I just recognize this like, like, is that like you know you get a divorce, things are going to suck for a little while, but life is going to be better soon. At one point, at in the future. Okay, yeah, I, so, I'm just so realistic to- that we're not going to be. I don't expect the Panthers to win more than four games. And if we do, I think that it's going to be a pleasant surprise that comes with the idea that, damn, we still don't get Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> so so if we win seven games next year, that's going to be a, that's going to be a good thing? Yeah. I, I was, if we win seven games, oh. we double our win total of what I expect us to win. So, yeah, I would say that's a good thing. Where does that put us for the future, though? Yeah, am I the only one that feels like an 8-8 or a 7-9 season? It's a total loss because we we could have achieved that last year. Well, I think it doesn't give you the losing losing bug. One thing is that – It also gives you no leg up to move forward. Okay, but I also think it gives the coaching staff a little bit of confidence that they can do it in the program is that if they go out there and these guys who have no experience in the NFL go and shit the bed and it's a a terrible-ass season, yeah, you get the number one draft pick, but – are do you are you conjuring more belief in yourself? Are you becoming more confident in your ability in that in the meantime? Are you are you continuing to get guys to buy into your message, which continues to be Matt Rule's thing? It's like we're gonna rah rah buy in buy in team team team, and we're gonna get through this. That's hard to do in fucking a two and fourteen team. So you know, what winning you, helps, and I don't care if if we win seven games. I think it's better for the team than us winning two games. What if you go into the to the season with that approach with everybody as far as we're rebuilding and we're not trying to win a lot of games? Dude, I mean, I don't know. I get what you're saying. Well, and that, well then uh, I don't yeah. want to pay for t- – then they, you know what? Then they should close the season down. If that's the fucking way that they're going to even be that transparent that they're fucking bitches. Well, no, one, no, one, no, one, no one tanks that way. No one says, hey, that's guys, my point. we're going to lose this season. I think yeah. we're going to win. We're going to lose. I think that we don't get to seven. If we get to seven, are you, are you asked, will you be surprised if we get seven wins next year? Because I'll be fucking floored. 
No, uh, like, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. What? I mean, I, we I play in a division that's got the Saints, that has a Tampa Bay team that's going to go crazy, and the Atlanta Falcons are just better than us right now. I mean, like, come on. I'm convincing people. I'm, I'm bringing people over to my side. I gave you all those stats about last year and what we got, Bullshit. and you're like, wait a second, Bullshit. wait a second. This does make sense. FSU got. Uh, hey, or excuse me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, let me uh, let me find it in here. Uh, here we go. FSG or Panthers got FSG twenty three. He he kind of agrees with me. He says Panthers are going to have a uh, winning season next year. I don't know about that. All right, put money on it then. I think we're tanking, but the over uh, under is five and a half. Put money on it then. I'll put money uh, on it. I'll put ten on it. Over, Panthers, I say under. You're taking the under. Yeah. You'll put yeah. ten on it. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll put ten. Oh. Oh oh! I thought we could have a winning record. I just I, gave you possible. two games because I, I said seven no, no, no. is ridiculous. Listen, I, I said it's possible. I didn't say I thought it was likely or that I thought they were going to do that, but it, the possibility is there. But you know what? Just for fun, I'll take you on that. I'll take I'll take the uh, – If if I pay ugh, you this can – can, can I just take five? You're no, taking the under. we're can doing take... ten. Uh, like, so that means is this. If we win six games, you win. Six or more, you win. If we lose, if we have five or less wins, I win. I thought it was five and a half, though. So wouldn't that go? That's right. So I got to come in on the under. They win five, I win. Yeah, you got to come in on the under. No, I'm taking the under. You're taking the over. To cover, you got to get the six. Okay, I'll do it. You're damn right. And I will pay. I will happily if I lose this bet. I will happily pay you ten dollars. That would be the most pleasant thing ever. Yeah, I mean, just I don't know, man. I'll do it. Like, I, I just, uh, you know, I, Cody. I would be so. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, I would be so disappointed, man, if we were seven or eight wins next season, and it's just yeah. because this listen, makes I, no fucking sense. You would be okay with us winning two, two games, but you would be disappointed with us winning seven games. I'm saying I either want thirteen or fourteen wins, or I want two. I'm exactly. saying I don't want. Oh I, I'm God. done. I, I'm I'm done with this in the middle bullshit. Of hey, the Panthers are one of the best defensive teams in football, and their offense is rolling. Or we're just this inconsistent dumpster fire that can't get their fingers out of the butt. Like I'm tired of either of those. Or I mean, I, I'm I want it to be a, a a winning football team where we blow everyone's expectations away and let Panthers God is saying in the chat. We Teddy Bridgewater blows it out and puts up all these crazy numbers. I want that to happen, or I want the polar opposite to happen because I don't think that Matt Rule needs <laughs> to have a needs to have a mediocre season. I mean, look, Kyle Shanahan and the Forty Niners had the second pick in the draft, and then the next year they were in the Super Bowl. Do you think? So, do you consider six and ten middle of the pack? Yeah, you're a, you're a who cares team. Six and who yeah, cares? six and ten is a, uh, uh, I guess top ten draft pick in my opinion. I don't think yeah. we're a band so middle of the pack yeah. as you guys make it out to be. In 2010, we were two and fourteen. In 2011, we were six and ten. 2012, we were seven and nine. But then we hit a 12 win season. Then we went back to middle of the pack, seven eight one. Then we hit 15. But then back to the bottom was six in 2016, 11 in 2017. 
2018 was seven and nine. That one is middle. That one middle of the pack. But five and eleven is bad. I don't think that's middle. You only named three seasons that were that were ten wins or more. Yes. Yeah, the but I also only named seasons, three only seasons three that, that were, were middle of the pack. There were two. I you would got- classify six and ten, and I would cl- I would classify six and ten as bad. I would too. Yeah, I don't think that's middle. So I would say we've been a third good, a third in the middle, and a third at the bottom, the top of the bottom. Too much inconsistency. Mm -hmm. And if you're going with consistency, we've got to. If we were consistent, we wouldn't have a new coach. We wouldn't have a new quarterback. Well, no shit. Right. Right. (laughs) Well, that. All right. So in order to have, so this is this is what I'm saying. There's no better year if you're going to have an untalented roster. There's no better year to do it than the one coming up. Because well, then we want, should hope this article is right then. Yeah, if you want stability and if you want consistency, either you want to know after this year that Teddy Bridgewater is everything in a bag of chips, everything that we want him to be from the quarterback position, uh, either he is going to be that or you want a consistent starting quarterback, in which case you have to draft one. And, you know, that's why I'm saying this is a good year to be bad. And David Tepper has already said we're not going to completely turn this thing around in one year's time. Matt Rule and Joe Brady and Phil Snow are not going anywhere next year. Even if we go 0-16, none of those guys are are being fired after next year. Good. Good. That's what I'm saying. I'm all right with us being bad. But I will not be upset if we're not bad. That's my point. Yeah, that's I am not going to come in here and be like, Mother... Mm, we won a game this past week. A meaningless well, win. I'm not going to come and say that. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to be crying how shitty we are and how much $10 Greg owes me. That's what I'm going to be crying about. <laughs> Look... I think I agree with you, Tony. In the moment, I won't be upset. I love it because I want to see winning football. But after the season's over and we have that 13th pick that does really nothing for us that we really need, uh, or 17th pick, wherever in the draft, then then I'll be a little more upset. If we don't get a top two pick, do you feel are you is that is that like the only thing that will make y'all happy? Is a top two pick? Yeah, that's the only thing. Or a Super Bowl. Dude, that's what I'm saying earlier. <laughs> CK, please bring some reason to this conversation, please. <laughs> He's not even there, is I he? Mean, oh. I mean, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the part of it that I – so here's the thing, right, Greg? I, I don't know if you guys or Cody even are intending on going to any games next year. I know it's going to be looking a lot different based on what the Miami Dolphins are proposing, but – I mean, it, to to hope for a lost season makes it not exciting to have the prospect of watching these games anymore, right? I mean, just I, I would be excited to have the wins. I agree that it's going to feel like it's going to be a waste of our you know all all of our time if we end up finding ourselves in a situation where we're competitive, but not that competitive. So, uh, I I I there is a value to both sides of the argument, but at the same time. I want to go to the Panthers games next year. And if yeah. I know that we're not going to be winning, you know, anything, then it's going to make that a lot harder for me to be able to make that decision to go. 
I mean, three and a half hour drive to watch my Panthers get slaughtered is not something I would find enjoyable. I don't need no, them to no, look. No. I don't even need them to win to be happy, though. What I be want, I Let want the team like to look. Cheer for. This is what I need next year, guys, is I will be upset like you guys are upset <clears throat> about whatever, about not getting the top pick. You know what's mm-hmm. going to make me that angry is that if we don't look like a cap- like a, like we belong. Mm-hmm. And there are times where you turn on the television and you go, this team is a fucking mess. And you look at the side, and I'm not talking about the Panthers, is that usually, uh, I would argue actually a lot of times that we just were under, we weren't as prepared as we could have been. But somehow we still played all right because of Cam Newton a lot of times. But I don't want, I want next year to build confidence in that we've made the right decisions. That's what I want this year to be, is I don't need wins to do that. What I need Matt Rule is to show me that the team can get better from week to week. I want to see this uh, snow guy show that he can coach these kids up and that we have belief that they're getting better and they're believing in themselves more and more to each week. Because I tell you one thing is you guys hate the draft class today uh, or whatever, uh, Marty Herney drafts, but you know what? We really have we hate a player when they lose confidence in themselves, and we've seen it happen to numerous amounts of players. And I don't want to see that beaten look in the Panthers' eyes. I think it seeps in. It's like a sickness that infiltrates the organization. And then when you think about it like this, I mean, the fucking Bengals haven't been to the playoffs in like thirty years, dude, or won a playoff mm-hmm. game. I haven't won a playoff game. Uh, yeah, I haven't yes, won but... a playoff game. Like, is that I don't want to be a broken franchise. While all the people, all the draft people in this asshole, whoever wrote this story, no, Ruiz, what was his name again? Ruiz. While they're going to you know. glow over the Dolphins, you know, whatever, while you're going to glow over the Dolphins, I have zero belief that the Dolphins are going to be good until they're not, until they are. And. They've been a broken franchise. The Jets. I don't believe in the Jets. I don't want the Panthers to become a team like that. Yeah, I mean, well, who does? But honestly, Tony well, is two isn't and fourteen te- seasons. Uh, here's the thing: is that the only reason we're not one of those teams is because we got is because Cam Newton set off an era, right? Is that so? I don't know if. Um, it, it's just going to be hard. Think about Panther Nation, and we talk about the small market. We think of the fans that don't cheer very loud at the stadium and all of that. How's that fan base going to endure three or four seasons where you can't even get the five wins? Oh my god! But 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 you're 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 arguing two different points right here. Is is you're you're saying you don't want to be a team that that. Uh, that the fans aren't interested in because you know you're not going there to win, but then you also say that if you get seven or eight wins, which you know is going to screw the team in the future, it, is it would make you happy. Well, we don't I mean, know that. Wait, it that's exactly that is no, actually that's very consistent. That t- I don't want us to be a bad team that's grin. broken, and I don't. You're and I would be mediocrity though if you want seven wins. That's what you're doing. You're accepting mediocrity. Yeah. If you're happy with seven wins next year, we could have gotten seven wins with Kyle Allen. We damn sure could have gotten with Cam Newton next year. But, I mean, like, so 
so seven wins next year shows no progression. Who in the so world thinks that we could get seven wins with Kyle Allen? The reason we didn't get seven wins was because of Kyle Allen. Actually, we we had three games that ended on the last play of the game. We could have had eight wins. And with dude, Kyle half Allen. of oh the fan base was capping for <laughs> Kyle Allen like crazy. I was mean, this guy? Yeah. Was this guy? And by the way, can I just say one more thing? Mm. There's another part of me that wants the 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 Panthers to be bad next season for a very petty, petty, petty bitch reason. But I'll admit it openly, <laughs> and, and it's because I don't want. The first season, after we get rid of the best player that the Panthers have ever had, as soon as we get rid of him, oh, all of a sudden now we're this fantastic football team. How many terrible takes are we going to have of revisionist history of, oh, Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater has always been better than Cam Newton. This goes to show and goes to prove that Cam was never accurate enough to operate the Panthers effectively and hit all the passes that he needs to hit, which is all bullshit, dude. And like, there's a, like, you know, I think the Panthers, you know, if, if I think they should suffer a little bit for that and we should suffer because we want a long-term answer. If the Panthers, if the Panthers find a way to win seven games next year with this roster, the way it is, what will be the storyline at the end of the season going into 2021? What's the headline? Mm. That's a good question. If Wait, we win that, seven games, if we win, if we put together a seven-win season, and I got to pay Greg because we get the seven, what is the headline at the end of the seven, uh, week 17 – Going, the Panthers have not made the playoffs with seven wins, right? The season's over for us. What's the headline, the narrative for that seven and nine team? Moving laterally. Is it? Uh, oh, that's a good one. Say it again. Moving, moving laterally. You Except know, you, you, you actually moving two forward. games up, so you actually did go up the ladder one rung. So, you yeah, know how, but I like that moving laterally more the same as what you were. All right. I mean, I don't know the exact headline, but you know how Greg gets pissed off at the coach speak, you know, uh, like <laughs> you know, all, all of the, you know, the normal things that you hear every single coach says, well, what all the headlines are going to be Matt rule shows promise in first season as Carolina Panthers head coach, like everyone's going to be trying to find, the 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 bright side of, of dude. If you if you scratched off a lottery ticket and you thought you were going to win five dollars and you won fifty five dollars, wouldn't you be excited about the future? Yeah, but that, that's not a good. That's not a good comparison because we're CK, talking about building, all. all right, CK. What, the CK, what's your headline? What's your narrative then at the end of the season? If we go seven wins next year, it is. Panthers get a little better. <laughs> wow. I, I don't know. You I, guys, I, man, I feel like I am Mr. I, Op- no, it, let's be honest. I mean, nobody's going to be praising the Panthers if we go 7-10. and 10. Yes, we it, will. We'll be like, holy no, no, shit, no, 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 no. how did we do mean, this? From a, from a standpoint of media, you know, media attention, right? Mm. When you look at the seven wins that we'll probably get, 
they're not going to be against playoff contenders. Like if you look at that roster, the people that you would say we have a capability of winning seven games against, not a single one of them are going to be people that you expect to be in the playoffs, right? Yeah. So that's that's one part of it. And then the second part is who in the media is going to be writing an article saying that all oh, the Panthers are actually making positive strides. Instead, they're going to say another year off Christian McCaffrey's career wasted on the Panthers. Seven and ten mundane season. You know what I mean? It's not going to be a matter of it's going to be who's out the door next. Uh, who is is Matt Rule on the hot seat all after one season? It's that's what the articles are going to look like. All right, that's true. There probably will be a. Well, no, I'm telling you, you didn't answer your own question. Oh, well, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting patiently. Well, well hey, it's it, you're batter up. All right. Uh, headline: Something to this effect. Team buys into Matt's rules and whiz kid sidekick <laughs> up and coming offense or something, right? Because here's the thing. If we do this, is that one, if we won seven games, I would say this right away. I would say right away that ends the conversation. If Matt rule can be a pro coach, there is a question mark right now. If Matt rules stuff is going to translate to the NFL, if you won seven games, you would with this team, you'd be like, all right, he can do it. Number two, if we do it, we're going to do it with our offense and a young defense. So I would say this is we would be nothing but optimistic about the defense going into 2021 as getting better. And we would still be sitting here going, Joe Brady is just waiting for his moment. He's going to be the next fucking best shot caller ever. The guys that you guys are praising, have been praising, or we're going to build, we're going to have optimism for the future. But at the end of the season, we win two games. The narrative is going to be like this. Panthers get their draft pick, but questions loom about GM, coach, and if Wiz Kid is really a Wiz. Okay, well, yeah. well, so so seven and nine next year. Okay, you're positive about that. We go, we go uh, eight and seven the next year. Wait, what's wrong? With yeah. We're not winning seven. That's yeah. the point. Though. Eight and eight. But Tony, what would you rather? Oh, would you God. rather the 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 yes. the season that shows some promise? Yes. Or would you rather the dumpster fight? I just don't see that. I don't see how having some because I would be so stunned. I would be so stunned. So stunned by what? That we could pull off seven wins. I think we are going to be a dumpster fire. I don't think it's going to be a rather or this or that. I think that we're talking about the difference if we win four or two. You would prefer uh, Brady and Rule show uh, potential with Bridgewater and get seven or eight wins than get a quarterback of the future? Well, one, I don't know if it's guaranteed we get a quarterback of the future. That's number one. But if that's what we're talking but about. But, like, I mean, look, as the Dolphins didn't, you know, all right. So is that you would have to guarantee me two things. Like, they would have to be, bur- like, one. Guaranteed. Yeah, they would have to be guaranteed that we actually get the pick and that that pick works. Yeah, but oh, you got to be guaranteed yeah. that Teddy Bridgewater's. So I take work a bird too. in I mean, a hand is better than the, two in the bush. So yeah, no, okay, here's another analogy. A broken Wish, bird in the hand. Hey, yeah. Here's another analogy: wish in one hand and shit in the other, and see which one fills up. <laughs> so like, like, that's like, an listen. instruction and a metaphor more than an analogy. <laughs> what, I, what I'm saying though is that if you have a bad football team, like it's what I said about Kyle Shanahan. 
Like they were a, they were a bad team for two years in a row. And remember, after the Atlanta Super Bowl in that season, oh, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan had been in a Super Bowl and had a pedigree yeah, father. Right. Matt Rule has not done that. Right, he had the offense. Okay, but my, my point being, it took him two years of having a top five pick before they turned it around and went to the Super Bowl. So but he was is, an offensive coordinator in a Super Bowl. So you continue, you get to say, well, Shanahan, we know he can do this. We know we don't know about any of these guys. And, and to be honest, if this offense fucking sucks next year, I'm going to start going, I thought Joe Brady was such a fucking genius. But Tony, you're still not going to know if you have a seven to nine season. Like that's not that we could very easily go right. seven. I will know that Joe nine. Brady is better than I think he's. Uh, that I think is this is that we won't know shit if we're two and fourteen either. Yeah, I'm. But, 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 but you're right. But we'll have to pick with that at seven and nine. Right. You won't know and then we got to draft this guy that looks like at a two girl. And fourteen, you have the pick. Oh, here we go with the girl shit, dude. And listen, I understand that you're going to be a part of those people that I'm just going to have to put together like a super, if for whatever reason, dude, God willing, if the Panthers are in the running for Trevor Lawrence, I'm going to put out like an hour. I'm going to, I'm going to get CK to help me. I'm going to put out an hour-long film study showing everyone that wants to shit on Trevor Lawrence because they just want to play the contrarian. I'm going to show you why there has not been a quarterback prospect like him in the past 10 years. Oh, okay. God. Well, then why did I'll be then why did, uh, I, Maybe I should take Burrow a dump in my hands while I wait for this video. I, I, I do got to ask you, why did Burrow have a better season? If, 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 oh, oh, okay. Uh, did, did you realize that at, there, has I don't know. Never, I'm just there has never been a, a, a team to put more one single team to put more NFL players into the NFL after a season than LSU did this season. Almost their okay. entire football team got, got Let's take that out of the equation. That's all, tell that's me, all in theory, though. That tell me. Be, no, no. no here, here's, and here's by the, the way, Trevor Lawrence has been better longer. But go ahead. Yeah, that's that. what I was getting ready to say. Trevor yeah. Lawrence has a consistency that Joe Burrow has never had. Yes. He's got I made two... the same argument about Tua, and y'all no. called me crazy. No. I made well, the same argument about Tua, and y'all called me crazy. About injuries, mm-hmm. though. That's injuries. about injuries. That's two different <laughs> arguments that we have. We never just debated Tua being talented or being able to, you know, I'm a fresh he's healthy, he's going to be a great one. I need you know, a great quarterback, possibly. <laughs> what I'm saying is that when you're talking about, if you're going to try to put that perspective into place with Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence, well, Trevor Lawrence, if you look at the history of him, He's got only got two seasons. He's literally coming into his junior year. He's only played two seasons, his freshman and his sophomore year. He came in and he dethroned the starting quarterback and just basically thrown, threw him out of town, right? Yeah. yeah. After he had the starting quarterback had taken them to the taken them to the national championship the year before. He's only so, lost one game. One game and that was against entire, Yeah, and by the way, he wasn't even bad in that game. LSU's defense just turned it on and their quarterback and offense and, and receivers made a bunch of incredible plays. But yeah, was Joe Burrow better in that game? Sure. But there have been games where Aaron Rodgers wasn't the best quarterback on the field or Tom Brady or whoever the hell you want to put forth. But you also mistake my question for game and season. I think Burrow had a better season last year, but I get what you're saying. Uh, that that uh, Lawrence has had a better uh, tenure 
You know, he's, yeah. he's been there, he's been doing it for longer. I, you know, if we got Trevor Lawrence, it'd be great to see your eyes. If your eyes light up every time you say Trevor Lawrence like that, and he was our quarterback, that'd be great. You would love to watch Panthers football. Every oh my week. god, dude! I pray so much for it to happen, dude. But yeah. because I want it to happen, it won't. Sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna bust your bubble now. But I don't know. You never, you never know. But I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm of the mindset that I'm not pot. I mean, everyone, you know, Tony wants to make bets about, you know, we're going to be over or under five. I'm of the mindset that I don't know because I can understand this team being a better football team than than we even think. Like, I'm not right. disagreeing with Panthers God. Panthers God has a lot of uh, a lot of faith in this team this season, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he's wrong for that. I mean, we do have a, a, a wonderkin. Um, offensive coordinator who just put up an incredible season at LSU. We have an ultimate motivator at coach. We had a great defensive draft. I mean, yeah, I'm not like Tony. I mean, I I would prefer to have a season that ends up in Trevor Lawrence, but I'm not going to be surprised or be floored if we're we're an actual good football team like that's not out of the realm of possibility for me. yes it is that's why i took the bet because it was only ten dollars i don't think they're gonna win that many but they have a chance so i might as well yeah. take you know there's a chance win, but there is a chance all right you're listening to the c3 panthers podcast brought to you by carolina cat chronicles.com go ahead and subscribe on youtube itunes spotify tune in wherever you get your podcast at Got lots of co- content coming on the way this season because we will have nothing but to do but to look towards the future all the time as we're quarantined up. But until then, we got a lot of calls to get to. Not a lot, but a few on a low news cycle. So let's go ahead and jump in and see what the fans got to say. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good like a three and a four and a Who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? Hey guys, this is Cody C from Tennessee. I was up, Colin? I just listened to your recent podcast. Um, I just wanted to uh, talk to you all about the winning records and whatnot. Oh, perfect time. I really don't care if we win a lot of games next year. I just want to see us or see these rookies actually compete, like get some experience under their belts, and we'll see where it goes from there. I just want to see us do a really good job keep in close games. I don't care if we win them because, you know, we have four years with them rookies on their contracts. So, thank you guys. I'll great, be listening to y'all. Bye. Great call, and I'm completely and 100% with you, is that this belief that we've got to choose between having success and failure is that more than likely we're not going to be a successful team when it comes to our record. So it's going to be in other areas that we are hoping to see signs of hope for the future. And I think that's what I want to see. I want this team to start off terrible and get better as the season goes on. Or I expect that. How about that? Is that's what I expect out of this staff? Yeah, as I'm uh, as I'm 
cruising Twitter and listening to the cat call, uh, I see an article that says the Carolina Panthers won't put uh won't be a contender, but they also won't partake in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. So again, the opinions are opinions are up and down. Uh, I mean, you have people like you that think there is no way that this is a good football team at all next year. And then there are people that are like, oh, well, they're not even going to be – no, they'll be too good to even draft a quarterback next year. What makes so, you again, think that? What makes you think that we're going to be that good? Is it the offensive side of the ball? Is it Joe Brady? This uh, And then, oh, yeah. this is what we did forget to talk about. Is this offensive line better? Than what we're used to, and I would but, say yes. So to to the first part of your question, uh, I'm I have a uh, a bit of hope because smart people make smart decisions, like and Marty I Herney. That, I know that, like Joe Brady. <laughs> Joe Brady makes smart. De- Listen, how about this? Because I feel like you've been kind of sour on Joe Brady lately. Uh, so let me run down a little bit of background. Homeboy before the age of 30 was a, 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 a coach at Penn State, not a head coach, but he was a, a contributing coach at Penn State. Then he went to the New Orleans Saints and, you know, was uh, a part of, um, you know, uh, building the offense with, with, with Teddy Bridgewater and calling certain plays and doing certain things. Then he goes to LSU and bets on himself. And has one of the most incredible statistic seasons with him and his quarterback that the college football or that college football has ever seen. Like, how many other thirty-year-olds have that kind of pedigree? And by the way, his last name isn't the last name of a head coach of a former head coach in the NFL. So it's not like a Shanahan where Kyle Shanahan's father was Mike Shanahan. So he's been around it forever. No, Joe Brady did this himself. And I am I, more inclined to trust someone with that kind of trajectory. I think you give – I think the reason I'm not as glo- – as just ready to get down on my knees for homeboy is that I feel like you're giving him a lot of credit for being with teams that were successful. And I'm not sure that – it was him that was the reason of their success. I'm not saying that he was uh, in the way of it. I'm not even saying he's not good. But I don't think we have a lo- enough data to be as confident as you are. And if we were, if there was a person, I would say, yeah, there is. All right, so I have my guy that's the young whippersnapper genius, and that's Lincoln Riley. To me, that's the guy that – I think has had even more success than Joe Brady. He's 36, so I'm sorry. He's a little old on the old side, right? But I I think that you are just – the reason I'm being reserved is this, is like I am not shitting on him, but I haven't seen any of this yet. And I know that you guys keep pointing to the LSU season, but I'm not willing to just say that he was an offensive mastermind that orchestrated this. Now he's going to have a team that's not as good, that's not dominating people all the time, that isn't playing slubs half the time with better talent, 
And so he's really going to have to earn his reputation. So here's the thing is, what happens if this team comes out, they go 2-14, and 14, and what if the offense averages 17 points this season? Are you going to come to me and continue to just say that Joe Brady is a, is a genius and there's nothing to worry about? I mean, that depends. Is Teddy Bridgewater making good decisions? Making good decisions? If we oh, average 17 points a game, nobody's doing anything good. But then uh, again, so uh, this, okay, me, me and Greg are gonna start up our <laughs> player versus coach again. Uh, but right. I'm, but you know, it's oh, like, now you're they, flip flopping like a fish. No, I'm saying <laughs> it, listen, it takes a whole fucking football team to win a football game, and it takes a whole one to lose a football game. And the team includes the coaches and the players, and and the the, the people that that draft the players. So. My question is, how do you decide what is the coach's fault and what is the player's fault when it comes to a player making an error? That's why it's impossible to blame it on What will you say here? What will the argument be about Joe Brady if we win seven games because our offense averaged 24 points? You know what it'll be? I'll be like, holy shit. You guys were fucking right. You were right. He took Teddy Bridgewater and that familiarity. He used these guys (laughs) in multiple ways, and I'll be on board. But if we win, if we get two games and our offense is just mediocre at best, I'm going to say, hey, the jury's still out. Uh, Michael Kelly in the chat says, what if – what if? What if? And that's right. what you guys right. are doing. You, know, you guys you are doing. I, and Michael, he said this conversation is going nowhere. Where Where else you got to be, Michael? Right. Really? Yeah. No. Really? Well, you got to go to the club. You got to go to the damn favorite, bar. You know my favorite saying? What if my aunt had nuts? Then I guess she'd be my uncle. I love I mean, that saying. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. You guys are the ifs people. You guys are the ifs. I'm not the <laughs> if people. Uh, you kind of are. You're just under a different uh, parameter of ifs. Right. You, you well, we're like talking about the future, so we have to be in ifs. But you're saying, right. So you're saying if it goes 7 and 9, that that shows you something to build upon. But there right. have been other teams that have built upon something and didn't win seven points a game. I mean, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan is a great offensive coordinator. But he wasn't uh, before he had Jimmy Garoppolo under center. I mean, who was their quarterback? Who even fucking knows? I don't remember his name. But if you don't, if you don't have a winner under center, then it's all for naught. It doesn't matter if you have a great. Like, that's what I'm saying. If if we start losing bad and not putting up points, well, is our offensive line holding up? Are they giving Teddy enough time to go through his progressions and and get the ball out? Or is Teddy not throwing the football well? Like, there's a lot that goes on. Well, guess who that falls on? Everybody, and Joe Brady's part of that conversation. Andy Smith says this, and this is my point right here. If, if we put up 30 points a game but still lose because the defense gives up more, was that a success? And I would say, yes, that would instill faith in me that Joe Brady is – is like capable of doing this that Matt Rule that they were doing with what they the best they could with what they had we don't expect the defense to be good but if the offense next year is lackluster and the defense is surprisingly better than we think it's going to be 
I'm going to be a little dis. I'm going to be like, this is backwards. And then if they're both bad, I'm not going to have anything but just hope that what you guys keep telling me is right. Andy Smith laid out the dream scenario. Like, if we end up losing a bunch, but our offense still puts up a crazy number of points. Like, that's my, I mean, That's what I've been saying. Why aren't you giving me credit for this? Because you're not saying that it's even possible that that we could be a 7-9 team. Whereas we're Ooh. saying, yeah, that's entirely All right, possible. this is bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on this. One, let me, let me I can't you. win. No, I cannot win because of this. Is that you guys are upset with me because I don't want us – because I will be pleasantly <laughs> surprised – that we, if we win more than five games, I said I will be pleasantly surprised and I will be optimistic about the future. So you got shit on me for that, but then now you're shitting on me for saying that we can't. We I don't think we are gonna do that. Come no, on, I think we're gonna be a three and thirteen team, and I hope to God that the offense gives us enough reason to watch this fucking team. If it does uh... then it's going to be a long season, man. What makes you happy and makes you feel confident points per game next year? What like what is if we have X points per game next year but we still end up 4 and yeah. 4 and 12? Yeah, good question. I think it, yeah, man, I think if you crest that kind of 17, I feel like if you hold people to 17, you lose in the I mean you you win in the NFL. Right, like so, if a defense is able to hold a team to seventeen, there's some stat like teams that average less than nineteen points a game don't win or whatever. It's that yeah. number. It's like about seventeen to nineteen points. Okay. If we if we're over that, then I say you know what yeah. is that the offense is capable. If it's in the twenty four point to twenty six point range, I'm gonna say, man, this offense is potent. And if they're scoring 29, 30 points a week and still losing, I will fucking say, you guys were right. I should have blown Joe Brady first, but I had to wait for him to pay the money up first. <laughs> well, look, you know, last year we had twenty one point three points per game. Yeah. With we also had the best running back so, in the so, NFL. I mean, 2,000 so yards. 20, but I'm asking you, you were not happy, we're not optimistic with the way we came out last year. So if we score 22 points a game, points Have I shit on the game, offense, Greg? Have I shat on the offense no? at all? No. I said the whole time. I haven't shat on the offense from last year and, and, at any time. The real reason, I, I've shat on this defense. That's what I've been shitting on. And that's why I'm not worried about Joe Brady. I mean, not Joe Brady, uh, James Bradbury, Mario Addison. Our fucking defense was trash, man. It was the bitchiest yeah, defense I've ever seen the Panthers have. Like, I mean, wusses last year. And I hate saying that because these are grown, big-ass men that can whoop my ass. So don't give me that while you go out there and you play it and this and that. Well, they can come and teach my history class. All right? Well, okay. If that's the criteria, come teach my history class. But... My point is this, is that no, is that arguably I'd say this, is Kyle Allen, he played admirably last year given that he sucks. Christian McCaffrey played fucking amazing given that our offensive line was just eh, 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 pretty bad. So no, I didn't. I'm not shitting on the offense last year, and in fact, I've I was a North North Turner supporter. 
I still think the offense was not the problem for the years. I mean, look, if you go back to that 11-5, Cam's MVP. I mean, no, it was the next year. He's on the MVP track. So, no. But is that that's why I'm not optimistic? No, because I don't see the uh, here is I'm talking about trending up versus trending down, and right now right. the reason at the end of last season, if you don't put in Joe Brady, if you don't put in Robbie Anderson, and you don't put in this okay. new kind of invigorating thing, I would have not been like, oh, we've got so much to hope for in the future of the Carolina Panthers offense. I would have been like, hey, that was a pleasant surprise, but I don't see this going up i see it staying the same or being worse so what i'm saying is if we average 22 points a game next year I'm basically be, the same I'm thing a... we did last year and we win seven games are you going to feel optimistic about the team then? yeah because that's what we need to do same at point that's because game. that's what we need to do okay that's all i was wondering because i mean it, you know it's not I'm moving fired forward up, with guys. you guys got me fired up amount. Tony came out here. Good we God. Like it, man. That's what we like. But all I'm saying is it's not moving forward. If, if you score the same points per game this year as you did last year and you win more games, uh, that's just a factor of luck or how games played out. That's not getting better. That's just luck. I don't you know. know. How about maybe this? Having Ask a that defense. question to the other yeah. guys. What do you guys think about the offensive performance last year? Is it like – because, yeah, I mean, we put up some points at times – but we really weren't that. I mean, I don't feel like we were threatening people, period. I mean, thank no. God for Christian McCaffrey or else and DJ Moore. That was it. That was all we had yeah. last year. That was it. Yeah, and it, again, it goes back to that offensive line. Like, I don't know why people – and we started to talk about this. In my opinion, one of the reasons why I – why okay, you, if you ask me if I'm taking the under and the over on that five and a half, I'm taking the under. Because if I'm betting, I don't, I don't think this this offensive line is better. It's just a bunch of more question marks. I, I don't think that you can reasonably say with a straight face that, which I mean, I'm sure you can and you will try, but this offensive line does not say that it's better to me. What about okay? Ru- Russell Okun had a blood clot last year. So what is, is a, a blood clot? Yeah, yeah. Thing. That yes, but what is that? You had a blood clot. My, my dad has had them. People are prone to them. And why do you think they fucking after you get surgery say, "Hey, you got to move around and shit" because okay, this shit happens. My, my crippled ass hasn't moved around in thirty years, and I've never had a blood clot. Does that mean I'm in better health than Russell Okun? What the hell? I don't know. I'm just saying, for a franchise left tackle... No, I would say no. It means you're... Well. Oh like, I, I don't know. I, I don't, oh like that, that move in and of itself did not fix our offensive line. It didn't make it the best That's in the good. fucking world, but how about this? Is Russell Okun better? Is he better? On paper and in just reality, than Greg Little. Yes. He's made a fucking Pro Bowl, dude. I'm pretty sure he's made a Pro Bowl. All right. So, okay. So, right. how about this? Is he better or worse than Matt Khalil? Better. Is he better or worse than Brian Be- Byron Bell? You're setting the bar low here. Though. All right. You said it's not better. But Okung is an upgrade. Okay. All right. How about this? Is that um, is do we have is Taylor Moten Taylor Moten? Yes, he's the same. 
All right, Matt Paradis is that really we don't know, but it's going to be hard for him to be worse, right? But if he gets even a little bit better, we go up. But really, what have we fucking? Are we trying to say that swapping Russell Okung for uh, Trey Turner is really that big of a drop? No. I would say this is that you add Schofield, you add the opportunity of potentially Dennis Daly in his second year, maybe playing a little guard. You got Tyler Larson, who is versatile, could play guard and center, particularly if Paradis gets hurt or is sucky. And then you've got the flexibility of if Okung does have injury problems or you're guaranteed to have one of your tackles get hurt, that now you don't just have... We went into last year saying Greg Little had to start. What kind of plan was that? What kind of plan was that? This is an upgrade. We are better on the offensive line. We are better. You know, you're making the argument that we can win that many games right now. No. But by arguing I'm not saying that. I'm I'm just saying that the offensive line has incrementally gotten better. I would say it's incremental. We got a thousand and a thousand last year playing behind a better offensive line this year. What do you think he's going to do? Just saying. Not well you can do it. here. Christian McCaffrey was he magical. Gets the, he gets in the end zone. We win those two games if we have a better offensive line last year. Maybe. We went all three yeah, of those yeah, games yeah. with a better I'm, offensive I'm, line. Last potentially. Year. So. But here's the problem is that we had a shitty ass defense and right now I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> right. Is I can understand how you guys say there was a possibility to do this. Is that that's why I continue to say is that if we win seven, I'll be like, Holy fuck, this is good news. <laughs> I'll be like, I oh, mean, my God, the offensive line's getting better. We're going to draft a tackle next year. Maybe even we don't even have to go and we're, we can stick with Teddy Bridgewater for another year. Maybe we will have all these other conversations. Maybe we go and get a free agent quarterback. Who knows? Or maybe we get Trevor Lawrence. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Is I think we're going to be bad. That's what I think. Well, the reason why I really feel like this, why 7-9 and nine is not is not positive for me, is because if we if we were went last year we won one game and say we got the top pick and we got Burrow or we got a quarterback that we felt like could be a quarterback in the future if we got rid of Cam okay then if we go seven and nine the next year I'm okay with that rookie quarterback first year going seven and nine we got rid of Cam Newton for Teddy Bridgewater if we go seven and nine next year kiss my ass we could have done that with Cam Newton or yeah. better. We should have tanked last year. We should have tanked with the old squad. I think why I'm irritated by this is is I want the the tank job to be with the old administration, not with the new. I get that. That Is that so really, is that us, is that if we would have just lost two more games? Well, yeah, because it speeds up the process. But, I mean, it is what it is, man. Okay, it's, it's the difference of one year. Yeah, we the difference of one year. year. No, it could be the difference of a decade, Cody. Because look at how many teams have said that. Look at how many teams have said that, and fucking, it's not. Yeah, but the old, the old regime. The old regime. Yeah, the old regime was never going to tank, though. Ron Rivera and Cam Newton were, were playing they for the They were tanking. The they sucked. I don't even know how they won five. You know what? That, that Cam you just made the sucked. argument last. You made the argument earlier about how good they were by showing the records year by year. Cam no, last year. Last year. Tank we won five games. Team. We were not good. I said that was a bottom le- bottom year. Uh, I think two years in a row, Cam Newton's foot 
started the the domino effect that that made yeah. everything go to All shit. Right. All right, let's go yeah. to the next goal. Let's go to the next goal. You're right. Well, the, the the foot, the foot is the domino. Yeah, and I want us to have Cam. Yeah. If I if so here we are tanking. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't think this is. I don't think that. How about this? Is I'm not putting my money on us winning more than five. I already put my money put on the other way. You bet ten on it. Ten on it. All right. Next we'll call. I don't believe we'll do it though. No. It's a silent call. Greg, I do want you to lose ten dollars. I'm just saying. I thought this. Look, <laughs> yeah. Somebody. Lose ten dollars. Yeah. Oh, look at this. What do y'all think about? PJ Walker and his future with the Panthers. Ooh, PJ Walker. Does he start over Teddy Bridgewater? <laughs> <laughs> That's not yep. what he said. Wouldn't <laughs> uh, <laughs> that be some crazy shit? And what if Teddy Bridgewater gets hurt, like the first game of the season or something? And we're like, oh, I feel bad for Teddy, but here we come, Trevor. Yeah, and that's what you want. Sudden, and then all of a sudden, PJ. Walker comes in and just balls out. So Teddy Bridgewater posted his workout stats the other day on Twitter, and he rode his bike 70 miles. Stationary bike or bike? No, like a bike bike. It was like a five. It was something. It might have been like 140 miles. It was something like, oh, my God. He rode his bike for five hours straight at a fucking pace, bro. Like mountain pace, yeah. like it was badass. Yeah. Jordan Rodriguez put it up. All right, next call. Hey, this is Anthony Rochelle. How's everybody doing? Uh, We're picks. Just wanted to uh, tell you about these players we signed. Uh, how the Panthers signed offensive line uh, Javon Bussell Beatty. Oh yeah, whoever that guy is. Betty, or- and Chris or line, uh, linebacker from Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin, uh, look like they look like monsters, like really, really good players. Uh, let me know what your thoughts about it. Uh, I really like, I really like Chris or the linebacker. He looks like he'd be a really good fit for us. Alrighty. I will chat with you guys later. All right, man. Thank everything's good. Go Panthers. All right. Thanks for the call. Well, here you've heard it. I think the line's gotten better. And I add the, add that name, Chris Betty to it. And, uh, he's probably already been cut for all we know. (laughs) Um, Hey, Cody thinks it's going to get worse. I, I don't really see how you could think it would be worse though. I, I mean, worse than, Again, worse than what? I mean, worse. It can't than... be worse than 2018. How about that? Um, but yeah, but that was it. That, that was one because that was a tease, though. That, that was that it was... a tease because we started out good. But our offensive line good. stunk the whole time. The whole time. Even when we were six and two. Yeah, they were sorry. Matt Khalil is out here getting his ass busted I, every play. I don't think, I think that we were saying that time. I think 2016 offensive line was worse than last year. Oh, oh and or, when Michael Orr got hurt. Yeah. That was the year before. 
That was 2016. You got the Super Bowl, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was pretty, well, by, it was by bad the way, uh, I just did a little search of my draft notes and just to see what came up. Um, I, uh, Chris Orr, I did look at the linebacker from Wisconsin, and one of the only things I have for Chris is he's a hustler. So he's not. <laughs> he's, not he's a lunch he's not pail very, guy. Yeah, yeah. He's he's not very uh, athletic. He doesn't have a bunch of crazy stats. But um, but he who hustle his ass off. CK, so. stop playing Warzone. I'm not playing Warzone. Liar. It, All right. It's <laughs> Hey, this is Tanner up in Elkin, and I was just on Facebook, and I'm a member of a Pokemon Go page for Charlotte. But I noticed uh, Marquise Haynes uh, posted asking for the best places to play Pokemon Go. Just thought it was funny. And oh, you guys comment on that. Thanks. Hey, one. Thank <laughs> you for cool. keeping your ear to the ground, brother. And B, yeah. two. You guys are total nerds. Uh, I used to, dude, I used to put <laughs> shit out of Pokemon Go. What are you talking about, bro? Dude, I had I had the, the the Pokemon at every gym around my house. So if you were fighting somewhere around my house, you were fighting my fucking Pokemon, bro. <laughs> Up. I don't know what a Pokemon <laughs> is. It's a one generation after me. I'm pretty sure. Ah, you're so old, Tony Don. I Next think. It, yeah, me too. Oh uh, well. So here, Marquise Haynes, though. Oh, uh, interesting point, though, is that if he's still asking for Pokemon Go stops in Charlotte, is that he's still part of the equation? Yeah. Which, I mean, that's a name. We're gonna be crazy. interested. You never know. Maybe the defense is a little bit better with the Weatherly. I don't know. We'll see. Is that that defense was so bad last year? It's hard to see it going being worse. But next call. Panthers podcast. How y'all doing? Yo, G. How y'all doing? I hope you and you guys' families and loved ones are being safe in this my man shit that we got going on with this coronavirus. Hey, man. I gonna keep you guys really quick. I mean, I'm not gonna keep you guys long. Excuse me. <laughs> I've been drinking because the Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> Nah, I'll tell you, dude, the last time I talked to you guys, I talked about Chin is going to be a player. I think it's going to surprise everybody. But I was looking oh, yeah. at the dude's highlights. The other dude, that gross Matos, defensive end dude from Penn State. Oh, he's hey, nasty. Man, I think this dude is going to cause some damn havoc, man. When him that's and my put Barnes on the other end or whatever, that's going to cause some damn havoc. That's my opinion. I mean, he wasn't no damn – like Julius Peppers, I'm not comparing him to Julius Peppers or even Charles Johnson, or take it back in the day to Al Wallace or Michael Rucker. I'm just saying this dude is long as shit, man. This dude is strong. To me, he's not really all that fast. He runs like he's flat-footed, but this damn Ben and Cody, you know how it is with, with the Ben. The dudes could bend around that damn corner or whatever, man. That yeah. son of a bitch is long as hell. That motherfucker is six foot five, the same height as Cam Newton, man. I see yeah, him. I know. Least, I like this pick. Four sacks, man. At least. I like the pick. I, I like the pick a lot. defense is going to be good this year. I think our defense is going to keep us in a lot of games this year. And I'm calling it now. We're going to make the wild card. That's my opinion. Ooh, I'm paying Greg up. People are coming to my side on that. You know? I don't care what nobody else says, man. You know they hate on the Panthers anyway. So give me your thoughts on gross mitos. And always remember, my homeboys, keep pounding my man keep good call pounding. right there i'm a big fan of the pick i think it's gonna work i think it no, might take a little time to be honest but i like that i like the kind of mike rucker type comparison how about this i i think it's very okay so one g 
Gross Matos was my favorite pick of the draft. Out of every player we picked, that's my favorite one that we picked. He was my second-rated defensive end in the entire draft, and it's unfair to compare anyone to, to uh, Chase Young. Uh, number two, I, I would not be surprised if Gross Matos or Gross Matos or whatever the hell, however you want to say it, if he had a bigger impact on the team next year than Derek Brown does visibly. So I, I think that mm. he's going mm. to be in the backfield uh, more, and I think he's going to have a higher sack number than than Derek Brown. Now, again, you're not really drafting Derek Brown to pass rush necessarily. I mean, you do, but not, that's not his primary focus. But, you know, I think Chris Miles is a mauler. So are we going to have him on one end and Burns on the other? Yeah. Uh, well, that's going to be nasty. Yeah, that'll be, <laughs> that's yeah, nasty. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that'll be nasty. That's good news, people. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. All right, next call. See, we got KK back and you got Brown. Yeah. Next call. Good. Sorry. What do you think the future for Cam Newton is going to be? Oh, what finally. Team is he going to be finally on? got to it. Thank you, Kohler. Thank you. Sounded like Joey, Joey I think. Yeah, it did sound like Joey. Hey, mm-hmm. little girl. Um, the future Cam Newton is a Patriot. That's what I think. I'm sticking to my story. I've said it all along. Right now, Cam Newton remains unsigned. The big news, I guess, or continued news surrounding that was Andy Dalton was picked up by uh, the Cowboys, who the gave Dallas, him seven Dallas, million. Yeah. They're going to be paying their quarterbacks forty-two million dollars next year, combined. If they have the thirty-five or whatever, if, and the seven, oh my gosh, or thirty-seven, it's going to be close time, to that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, but I think this is that um, one is the coronavirus continues to change the way things work and you know the question marks with cam newton were about his health or i I think that's what people think shoulder foot who knows which one and um from what i can tell is cam doesn't want to be a backup so he's gonna wait his wait his turn until he gets signed someone gets hurt or someone has he can he can visit a facility and show him what he can do someone gets hurt that's what i think Uh, i think he's just waiting for uh you think stedham is the dude yeah, I mean, I, why, why wouldn't they have signed him yet? I mean, I, I hope he signs. I want him to go and sign with the Patriots. Because the I Patriots are can't. good at Jewin. Pe- oh, I shouldn't have said that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with really negotiating careful, cautiously. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're going to get him for peanuts. Like, they, they're the guys that got Randy Moss for a fourth-round pick, dude. It's true. Uh, yeah, I mean... I, I, they ain't I showing know. their hands until they got to. That's my theory. I don't know. I just I, I don't know what to think about Cam anymore because I'm I'm starting to think that all the stupid opinions that we have railed against about Cam Newton forever, you know, the inaccurate is totally inaccurate. He's a one read quarterback. All this bullshit. Hey. I kind of have the feel that maybe more people think that than we previously thought possible. Either that or he's just not able to be cleared by the team's doctors and that's prevented him from getting a job. But I don't know why he wouldn't have signed. Who is there really? I mean, I think this is that I think it's surprising the Bears went for Foles, right? I could have seen that. Um, But really, is the Chargers drafted homeboy, your guy, 
the Jags are surprising and they don't go for him. I think yeah. he's better than Minshew. I think the well, Jags are you tanking. Think you think so? Yeah, well, I think they're think tanking Campbell... for Trevor. Oh, maybe. I think Cam will settle for a backup spot. I don't. You don't? Nope. I think he'll wait for okay. somebody to get injured um, that's out there, I think. Or he's going to wait for Stidham to crap the bed, and then he's going to have a job. I mean, I, I, yeah. let's be honest. If somebody has a, a, a poor-performing quarterback that they've they've signed this year, they're gonna they're gonna pull the trigger on a Cam Newton uh, the moment they possibly can because they're gonna have a fan base that's gonna sit there and say, "Wait, we're playing Nick Foles over top of, and he is just just crap in the bed over top of Cam Newton, who is on the market and will probably be cheaper than Nick Foles." If we, Matt Stafford gets if Matt Stafford gets hurt, he could be a lion. If Ben Big gets Big Ben gets hurt. Or doesn't look right. He could be a stealer. He could be a stealer, yeah. If uh, the, the Ravens get hurt, or if uh, what's his name, the guy for the Ravens, Lamar mm. Jackson gets hurt. Yeah, that would be crazy. A Raven. That would be you know? crazy. What about so, that? Cam Newton wins yeah. the Super Bowl with the Ravens, and people forget about their quarterback. Yeah. Lamar Jackson? Got, yeah. <laughs> that would be they're, crazy. They're not forgetting about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's going to be there for the long haul. If, if Cam Newton hurt, comes in there and does if he gets something. Hurt, he's the next RG3, bro. Uh, well, I mean, he RG3, RG3 never was won the same MVP. thing. Rookie, yeah. Yeah, rookie of the year, but not nothing like Lamar yeah. Jackson did. But but fair comparison, though, to a certain extent. If he gets hurt. That's all I'm saying. If he gets right. hurt. People, right. here, look. Look what they did to Cam. They will forget about you in a moment, folks. They will forget mm-hmm. about you in a moment. All right. Um, uh, Cody, uh, pretty much yep. those are the thoughts on Cam. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're there. I mean, look at Nick Foles last year. He was supposed to be the answer for the Jaguars and then crunch. He got oh, hurt right away, dude. Here's, a, here's another team. And, and this, is not an, this is not an original thought, and I, forgive me for not remembering who brought this up. Uh how about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Ben Roethlisberger has been hurt a whole bunch, and that's also the same team that brought in Michael Vick a few years ago. So they're not—they're not afraid of kicking the tires on an older, big-name quarterback. I think it's a good fit for him. Yeah, I think it'd be a great yep. fit for him. I'd yep. rather have Cam Newton than Ben Roethlisberger any day. Yep. So you know, I, I mean, that's a. But I think he's just waiting for a quarterback to get hurt. I don't think he's gonna sign, um, but before the season. I think I still I'm holding out for the Patriots. I don't think Bill Belichick is gonna be. I think his pride is too big to be bad this year. Is Bill? We keep talking about Brady need to prove himself without Belichick. Belichick wants to prove himself without Brady just as much. So I can't see him just saying, well, it's the process we're rebuilding with Stidham. I don't believe I mean, that shit. I don't buy it for I, a second. No. All right. I don't know, man. Last call. Hey, what's up, Panther Nation? This is uh, Nate from Harrisburg. What's, what's going up, on? Nate? Um, I just want to talk about the draft real quick. Um, oh, two I more calls. I want your thoughts of what do you think if we would have drafted Isaiah Simmons and then in the second round, he would have got Ross Blackrock, that defensive tackle guy from TCU who just stood. And then we got every, yeah. all the other draft picks for the same, like J- 
Jeremy Chin, all the other people. But just the first two picks, instead of getting Gross Matos hmm. and Derek Brown, we got Isaiah Simmons. And then we went D-tackle the second second round. How that would have been out. Yeah. But uh, that's just my, my thoughts. You know, we just went uh, Isaiah Simmons and D-tackle, and the rest was the same. But, um, yeah, keep doing what you guys are doing. Hopefully we kill it. Good thing we got CMC in our contract, and God bless. Peace. Uh, great question, and I like that way yeah, of framing it too. So it's not like too many hypotheticals, you know. Is that you yeah. don't get too much of a butterfly effect there? But say you, because we said that Chin was a good comp. You know, the a lot of people have referred to him as Isaiah Simmons light. So here, what do you think about that, Cody? Is how would you have looked at this draft? You've been very favorable of the draft. How would you have felt if we would have gone Simmons and then Black Rock? I felt yeah. like that. That's a dangerous one. You can mess up and say something. What something. What, what could you say? <laughs> what could you say? I mean, you know. Like big black. Yeah. Are you talking about some BBC? I thought you guys were talking about Teacher. like that private black rock. military yeah. contracting company. Yeah, right there. I, that, that is what I was talking about. Uh, no, listen. Um, so this, everyone knows what I thought of Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is a stud, um, and he would have been very useful, specifically in this division. Um, and I liked Blacklock too. I think Blacklock. Um, he played uh, at TCU mainly at one tech, and I think now for the Texans, he's mainly going to be a three tech. He's much more athletic than uh, than they used him as at TCU. So. I would have been fine with that. I just think um, the again one of the reasons why I was so high on the Panthers draft in retrospect is because you're you're not looking at one particular player. You're looking at them all. And when you take Derek Brown, K1 Short, who we're hoping has a return to form, uh, Derek Brown, K1 Short, you put Brian Burns, who has this incredible get off. And now you add your third gross matos, and that's just all things considered. That has the potential, potential granted, to be one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. I so mean, you're saying we're, Stan we're, Pat trust in Marty Herney. I'm I'm saying that I <laughs> I, I like. Uh, even, back around. Even though I w- didn't, didn't, didn't notice how I don't even oblige Tony. <laughs> bring me to that level. I refuse to do it. All I'm saying is that this draft, with, with when you look at all the pieces in context, I think it's probably the the better one. Although I think Isaiah Simmons would have been a more worthwhile pick at number seven. But that wouldn't have been bad either if, if it went that way. All right. Uh, two more calls. What are your guys' opinion on P.J. Walker in his future with the Carolina Panthers? Keep it up with the podcast, guys. Love it. Man, thanks for the call. P.J. Walker is here. Is that uh, – I don't know. Who knows? Is that he kind of had all those – is here. Is that I think that um, if you guys are right about Teddy Bridgewater being injury prone – Right, which I don't think there is uh, evidence to show that he's not right necessarily. You know, I mean, he hasn't. We haven't seen. It's not like all of a sudden he's been starting for twelve years, and you guys are bringing up the injury prone. So I think that's reasonable to say. Hey, his record, the jury's still out on that. 
Um, so I think the good news is if Teddy goes down, you got maybe somebody to run around and survive a little bit. Um, and then you're tanking for Trevor. And hopefully that guy is going to solidify a backup role. How do you, do you guys, any, am I pretty much on the trail, guys? I think so. I mean, never know. Maybe he's the next Kurt Warner, right? Mm. That's what Kurt Warner did. It's like a nobody that comes into somebody, but I don't know. We'll wait and see. Uh, is that here is that he's got familiarity with Matt Rule. Uh, he's young, and he would fit perfectly on a team that's in the midst of a rebuild and is not going to win but four games. How many bad games do we have to have before we start calling for P.J. Walker? Ooh. <laughs> one. One. You know what? It's what well, we all many, call it for Cam last year. Allen, uh, Allen had uh, – He started hot. Didn't he win like three he, or five or something like that? He went six he and won two, first I think, four. right? Yeah. He won the first four, yep. Oh, yeah. And then four, we, yeah, yeah. we put in Greer, what, like week like 14 15, or Week 15. 15 yeah. Greer played two games at the end of the season. Mm. Yeah. That's a great question. How yeah. many How many bad games? What is the stat line that calls that all of a sudden we go, it's PJ time? You know what? Is I'm going to tell you this, is that it's going to be PJ time all next season. You better go ahead and get the Everclear out and start making your bathtub <laughs> full of PJ because you're going to need it. No. Nah. <laughs> yep. Here's the next call. Yo, this is Daniel Ash with my fault. I've seen the call thing on the screen. I feel kind of slow. But um, if you take it now, I'd be so appreciative. But what I wanted to say is this. The draft, what we did, to me, is the best outcome that we could have expected come out this draft. Either to me – Really, what I wanted us to do was draft a corner first. I wanted to get C.J. Henderson, then go get the Oklahoma D tackle second. It's because I know what our division is. We play in the NFC South, and our division is full of, I mean, it's pretty much elite quarterback play and elite wide receiver play. So you got to have wrong. somebody to not guard somebody. Sure. But Derek yeah. Brown was, a, I mean, he was pretty much almost a safe bet pick, especially going beside Kwan Short. Then with Derek Brown, and we got the uh, gross monster guy to go beside them. And, um, and thinking about Marquise Haynes. And then uh, I don't know why people sleeping on Chris Miller because Chris Miller with Alabama played with his hands in the dirt. But once he gets um, the, um, his skill set correct down pat, he's going to be a decent pass rusher. Like our, our pass rush to me is perfect. Um, only thing that's questionable with us is to me Good is job. our linebacker play is okay. It's, it's okay, and our, our um, corner play is, is pretty much okay, and our secondary play is pretty much okay. We hoping that Jeremy can hit. And um, also, I want to He's say got this to. as well. Real quick, I wanted to say this as well. But um, I do like to see. I do like to see what our offense is going into. I do think our offense is going to be very efficient. Only thing I do think that we slack on is a tight end. Without a, to me, a proficient tight end like a Travis Kelsey or somebody like a George Kittle, I don't feel like our tight end play is going to be that serviceable. It's going to be an average tight end. Mm-hmm. Even though, I mean, I can't really say that because even in his. Joe Brady's, I guess, system, his system is more lenient to just average tight ends. You'll need a, a playmaking tight end. You just need someone that's average. Yeah, so when was the last time tight end New Orleans had a tight end, right? Off the chain. Jimmy but, Graham. Um, if y'all take this call, I'll be very appreciative, man. And I just want to also hear y'all thoughts as well. Just about our overall team. I do think we are going to make the playoff thing like that sneaky. Sneaky. I think our team is very athletic on defense. And we're I'm very not, athletic on crazy. offense. Like, we're, we're – 
everything that we need. We're young and very athletic. We have a lot of energy, and, we're, and, uh, and it's crazy. And also in our staff, is also young with a lot of energy. So I can see us doing a lot of energy thing. I can see us being that sneaky team because I do believe the NFC South, which is, might be crazy, uh, like we could possibly have. I don't want to say four teams because that's a, I don't want to say that's that's almost impossible, but yo, I do think we have the chance because our division is so tough, and I do believe top to bottom, yeah. every team in our division stack up. But um, I do hope y'all have a great day. Just let me know what y'all think as well. Hey man, great call. That's a call of night. Appreciate uh, you, Daniel. Man. Yeah, great man, that, great call, man. Who, yeah, it was an incredible way to wait. Great, great final call of the night. To be yeah. honest with you. He, yeah, he I, said he said a lot there too. Uh, that was that was meaningful, you know. I mean, oh, well, yeah. I don't know what, what part you want to hit on first. Well, one I like I this. About- I want to talk about the defense real quick. Okay, is because I don't. I think I like what he's saying, right? And I agree with it. Is that I just I think that this is I think that all of a sudden in two years we're going to be talking about this front being nasty, and we added a piece and this and that. So I don't know if it's going to translate next year into straight wins or something like that. That's my thing. But I think this is that if we all of a sudden start to see a young defensive line start to be cultivated and we start to see those three, four linebackers start to play better, then we're starting to go, hey, we're one corner away from this being a really good defense, add a linebacker Mm -hmm. or something. So, yeah, I think this is that uh, for me – is I don't need to have wins next year to be optimistic about the future. If we see those things that you're talking about, if we see Christian Miller all of a sudden start to, you know, and he was, you know, look, he got sacks when he played. He was productive last year, right? Every rookie who played last year was remarkably productive given the limited amount of action they saw, right? Brian Burns. Very productive. Christian Miller had two sacks in a game or something like that. You know, I mean, it was just the problem is is that it never came together all at once. So if I start to see a budding defense, right, and we can get around these guys and say Derek Brown's a monster, Gross Matos is great, we're going to add somebody else in the future, I'm going to be excited. I just don't know if it's going to translate into wins in the immediacy. Um, I mean, there are those questions in the secondary. And right now, the corner, we got no corner play. And he's right, is that, look, is, let, let's not just act like Pride Jr. going to come in there. Tear it. We got a small corner group, too. That's the other thing, is we're short. And according we're, we're to you guys, their arms are a quarter inch shorter than the average arm length of real cornerbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But they jump a quarter inch higher. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So and they run a four-four. Even even quarter inch faster. So, what your thoughts about the defense, guys? Real quick, and then we'll turn to the offense. Yeah, I do want to say this though. I do think that we haven't seen the best out of a lot of players, and sure. I include Christian Miller and Ian Thomas in that list. He said that uh, uh, that he was disappointed that we didn't take another uh, another tight end. And or that I, we don't have one. He didn't not necessarily in the draft, but that right, we that's, that's another, the question about our right. offense. And it's mm-hmm. not even that we don't have one. One of my biggest criticisms uh, of Ron Rivera was his lack of ability to implement younger players into the game plan. Um, always uh, you know, a problem. It was it was always a problem. And then it's not a coincidence that you started to see more Ian Thomas 
as the season went on after Ron Rivera had already left. So I do think that you're going to see, um, um, you know, this is a new lease on life for a lot of players on our football team that have maybe been, been underutilized and underserviced, like a Marcus Haynes mentioned earlier. Um, you know, maybe this like is why I want to see growth next year more than wins. Right, but you you said earlier that wins would 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 make the fan base, or not having wins would make the fan base. So if you see a lot of growth in two wins, it's going to make the fan base. If we see a growth throughout the season, we win three games. I can understand it. I don't know if the fan base will, but I tell you this is uh, the is that you guys keep talking about languishing and mediocrity. Is there's a difference between languish and mediocrity and take a step forward. And so I'm okay with us taking a step forward, but I think that that step forward doesn't have to include six, seven wins, eight wins, ten wins. I think we can take a giant step forward, and we'll be like, Brian Burns is about to be a beast. Derrick Brown's about to be a beast. It's all about 2021, right? Is that? And I think anything that we get in 2020 is kind of gravy. You know what the caller was saying about the uh, the defensive line was he brought up the points of we have the potential to have a great defensive line, which I think we will have based on what we've got, a good defensive line. Then we're okay in the second level uh, with linebackers. We're okay in cornerbacks and in, in, in the safety area. If you're well, going to be not. really good at one – well, well, the thing is, if you're going to be really good at one of those three levels, defensive line is where you want to be really good because a good defensive line – Helps out. I agree. The linebackers, and quarterbacks. You it's know? easier to that's cover you those blemishes. Strong at that. Yeah. Exactly. So that's a good thing to look forward to. All right. Let's turn it now to the offense. Is that um, it? Really, Cody? Why are you so? Uh, it's it's okay to be high on Ian Thomas, but like he's all there is. Yeah. Well, I, I feel uh, you know I I remember watching his tape, being like, man, this guy has some moves. He does have, uh, I mean, he has good speed, good hands. By the way, he has like eleven-inch hands. Like when they measure you at the combine from the tip, or from the tip of your thumb to the tip of your pinky finger, that's how they measure your hand. And he has like crazy big hands. Which, if you want a receiver to catch the ball, you want crazy big hands, and he's got them. But I, I think that you can't, you know, I mean, how many times are we going to bring up Cameron Artis Payne? And, and, the, and the lack of opportunities that he frankly deserved. I mean, yeah, he, he that, deserved all that is fine and well. It's just banking on it is that that's been the problem with the Carolina Panthers in the past is that they've banked on it working like the plan working. And right now, there's no alternate. There's no alternative. It's like Ian Thomas better be fucking good this year, or else we got no tight ends, none. Yeah. yeah. Stuff man hurts or is he gone? Um. Oh God. Who knows? No, man hurts is gone. I'm pretty sure, isn't he? It, no, no, no. Got to sure. be with Ron yeah. Rivera. Him and Paul. And I know Bones. we got Seth. That guy, Seth. Um. And we, we. Sure. I know we had signed another, a uh, couple of people. I think uh, some undrafted free agents that I know had some, uh, had some uh, connections to rule. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we did pick up a tight end on draft free agent. I think you're mm-hmm. right. Yeah, but all of that, you know, we've done that every year for the last ten years, and none of them have done shit. What was the uh, guy that people were high on a couple of years ago? High guard, high hey, God, what was it? 
for we had uh, yeah we like drafted him in the seventh or something and people thought he was gonna be good nobody cares about these mugs anymore and then we had old swole bones for a minute that's who we were high on for a little while that was that one guy remember he fought somebody in the ends he, he took up for cam um i have a cam wow signed by him what's his damn name can't remember it uh obviously he was awesome okay that's all it. That's it. That's all the calls. That's the uh, show. Are there any other topics? Did we miss anything? Oh, yeah. And we got to go against Hall of Fame quarterbacks this year. So, do you yeah. remember Do you remember a um, two years ago when Herbert had a meltdown? Brandon Herbert had a meltdown on the show talking about how, uh, like, Jameis Winston and – Drew Brees and Matt Ryan were going to smoke our fucking defense so bad because of the corners. He had an absolute meltdown on that. And again, it came back to this. I think we had like some crazy amount of sacks that year and we were all right. Um, you can't have bad. They both can't be bad, Greg. That's the point. Defensive mm-hmm. line and uh, Brandon Williams. Thanks, J-Dub. Um, so we we need that defensive line to play better than expected um, because that secondary is going to have to play better than we think they can. Um, all right. Any other – that's all the football topics I can think of. Oh, I saw Brashard Breeland got arrested for having weed – smoking weed at oh, a gas station. How about, how about this? Uh, I mean, I don't even know if we want to – I mean, it's just a rumor right now, but the rumor being reported – is that the Panthers will open the season against the Kansas City Chiefs at, uh, at prime time? I think at eight twenty at night is what I'm. Why reading. would they do that? In Carolina uh, or in Kansas City? Uh, in Kansas City. Yeah. So we had to play on the road after our Super Bowl. I guess they yeah. are the winners. Yeah, they're the winners. They get the. Um, they get- did you guys hear about the story about uh, the espionage that's going on between Sean Payton and Joe Brady and this backup yeah. quarterback? Did we talk about that last week? No, no we didn't. That the no. Saints, slimy, that was going to be my ice up pick. That the Saints are slimy as shit. All right, well then here, let's Dude, jump into the, the ice I up picks. Stand these boys. Yeah, man. it's Definitely the time right. of the show where we tell someone to ice up, toughen up, get it together. Don't forget <laughs> to follow, subscribe, Cody. Ice up. The slimy saints. Yeah, the slimy ass saints, man. So there is a um, uh, a quarterback from I believe Penn State, uh, or I, I believe it's Penn State. The school escapes me at the moment. But Joe Brady was going, or but the Panthers were going to sign this player. His name is Tommy Stevens, and Joe Brady liked him and had a connection with him. And apparently, the Panthers had already been in contact with him. And say you know they offered him a contract uh, to come be an undrafted free agent. And for those of you who uh, don't know, a, a lot of the times, if you're in the draft and you're in like the sixth or seventh round, a lot of players will say, "No, just don't draft me. I'll go undrafted, and I'll just choose the place that I get to go." Because the difference in money between a you know a sixth and seventh round pick and an undrafted free agent, it's not all that different. Uh, so a lot of players decided to go undrafted and pick where they're going to go. Well, that's what Tommy Stevens was going to do, and Tommy Stevens was going to come to Carolina. 
until the New Orleans Saints swoop in because they either get wind of this or they don't want Joe Brady to have his player or whatever, and they draft the player in, I believe, the seventh round. And it lets you know the level of butthurt that Sean Payton has. He is furious that, one, Joe Brady left the Saints for LSU. But on top of that, now he's back in division with Teddy Bridgewater. You know Sean Payton's petty ass is mad. (laughs) So Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints, ice up, son. There you go. All right, who else wants something? Oh, I'm going to check this. You, who else wants to ice uh, somebody I, up? Cody, I'm coming. Okay, good, because CK doesn't come with ice up picks. Uh, okay. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so uh, I, I hate to go political on my ice ups because if you know me, you know I'm not a political guy. I'm neither Republican nor Democrat. I think they're all idiots. I think they should come together and have the best ideas instead of always being against each other. But I like to be educated in my arguments whenever I talk to people about politics. So I got a bunch of friends at work that told me I should start listening to Rush Limbaugh uh, and his show during the day. And, uh, you know, we're telling me about his views and how he's, you know, just a bunch of compliments about Grady was. So I give it a chance. And for about a week, I've been listening to it. And uh, I'm icing up Rush Limbaugh because (laughs) the the first time I turn the show on, the first thing he says is... He is calling Democrats idiots. And then he goes, well, I don't want to insult them. They're not idiots. They're just really ignorant, which is also an insult. He goes, and every time you tell them or every time you say something that they don't agree with, all they do is call you names and tell you you're wrong, which is exactly what he was doing, was calling them names and telling them they were wrong. So... To Rush Limbaugh, I say, Isa, recognize what you're saying if you're doing the exact same thing you're calling somebody out for. So, Isa. It's almost like all these politicians and all these political pundits are hypocrites, dude. (laughs) I tell you this. If you can listen to Rush Limbaugh for more than 45 seconds without slamming your head into the steering wheel, (laughs) it's just entertainment. The the problem is is this. I don't really have a problem with him as much as how much sway he has an influence. Yeah, right. Like, you know, that's the problem is that people don't mm-hmm. find it ridiculous uh, at times. But um, he's a mastermind at the same time. He's been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I told the guys today that I said I would listen to. I was like, I can't do it anymore. Like, I've tried and I've given it a chance to listen to it and I hear your thoughts, but. I just consistently point things out that are hypocritical, and I guess everybody's like that, I suppose. But I'm not defending the other side; I'm just saying with this right here. So, but there it is. I saw. CK, you got anything? Man, um, I, I, I got just the work that I do. It's so hard for me to not try to just put that into the into the ice up. All I'm gonna say is, don't. Don't let Corona define you as a human being. Like, don't let it. There's too many people that I talk to on a regular basis that allow themselves to to become less of a good person just because coronavirus is out there and they're comfortable doing it now. It's same thing. Like, so for instance, what will happen a lot while I'm doing debt collections? I know 
that can probably some people might look at that as being a negative on me. Um, I find it to be really rewarding, but nonetheless, like after a tragedy, for instance, if there was a hurricane or something there, the amount of people that claim that to be the reason that they can't pay on their bills just because it's okay in the eyes of creditors and things like that to not that's if that's the reason no we can't argue that that's but there's is just the problem is in this world today we've created this environment of uh entitlement and and so um it's a tough thing and i think it's a controversial thing to say that but um i i can't tell you how many times i've talked to people who have who have actually had a tragedy or have actually been affected by these things and because there's so many people that are claiming to be affected by something that didn't even really benefit, didn't hurt them at all, right? And I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys an example. Um, right now, somebody from that I work with has uh, he he decided to take a leave of absence from work. He didn't need to. He decided to under the guise that his daughter uh, he has to stay home and watch his daughter, who he has, you know somebody to watch for him like it's not a problem like it's not an issue whatsoever but he decided to take a leave of absence from work and draw unemployment Mm. while he's doing it so he made the decision to leave work Mm -hmm. now now here's what's even funnier about the situation he put in his two weeks notice because he was looking for another job the entire time (laughs) opportunity (laughs) strikes wow I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> when you look at it from that perspective, and and, and 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 I'll put it in this as well. He's a conservative. He's one of these people who look at people who are on Medicaid and welfare and all of this as being less than humans, right? Because they could be out there doing something to better society. They smoke weed on your dollar. Yeah, yeah. And so and that's, that, that's the mindset that, that he has. And then I find out he's doing this, and I'm like, my They live in luxury shitholes. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, but I just I hate that that there are people out there who take advantage of these systems because the people that are actually in tragedy are actually having a harder time getting these benefits because of it. There are so many people out there applying for unemployment that don't need it, that do not need it. And and there are and people that can. I talk to people all the time. I've been waiting for my unemployment for three weeks. I, I they every time I go to the website, it's crashed. I, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But then you talk to somebody who has who was probably about nineteen years old and uh, it used the credit cards that he has for video game you know consoles and never made a payment on them. And the, but he's drawing unemployment and he's okay. He got his unemployment, no problem. Mm-hmm. It's people like that that I think ruin the yeah, uh, the, the situation for people. So people that that want to take advantage of a tragedy and and use it for their own benefit and make it okay to be a bad person in in my eyes, uh, ice up, ice up. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, we we tend to want to, or a lot of people. I think it's almost human nature to hope to find some other reason for why their situation is, there is theirs except for themselves. And I'm not yeah. saying that those factors aren't true, but we all, you know, anytime I hear someone say like, this is because of this, this is this, this usually is that that might be the case, but the only thing you control is what you do. So I yeah. try to worry about that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to renew one ice up pick real quick. It's not, 
my central pick, and that goes continues to go to Google and Microsoft for really just shit in the bed on this Zoom opportunity of quarantine. Mm-hmm. They really have just missed. Look, so Google has struggled with its video conferencing because it just never was confident in it. We started with Hangouts. It was this awesome thing where you could do a lot. They started to remove features because they didn't like to keep up with it. They then took it out of the YouTube integration. They switched over to Duo. It's just they never had any. They're so wishy-washy about it. They had the leg up on it. Microsoft as well, too, with Skype. How they lost to Zoom, I don't know. But I just news comes out, Google Meet's going to be free in Gmail soon for everybody. So they're trying to make a push. But Google, a little too too little too late in some ways. I'm a Google fan, so I hate to see when you guys lose. I know. Um, my ice-up pick, it's not... Um, Ooh, let me see. How do I put this? I don't have a nice up pick. I want to tell you guys about something I'm doing right now instead of a nice up pick. And maybe you guys can. I, oh, I'm icing up. Who was it that told me? I know exactly it is. It's on Twitter. It's my man. He, I've been talking about JCVD all day, all week with him. John Claude Van Dam. Yes, is that my man said this is ice up John <laughs> Jean Claude Van Dam's groin. Uh, for all the splits he does in the movies. So somehow <laughs> I got nostalgic. Hold on. Where is homeboy? I should know his name. I, I know his name. Uh, I got nostalgic this week. I was dr- It was late this weekend. My wife was out of town. I'm sitting here playing cards, drinking beer, staying up late. And, uh, oh, Matt Ivy. Thanks to Matt Ivy. We're icing up Jean-Claude Van Damme's groin. So I got nostalgic. I was like on a recommended movie, you know, like it popped up on Amazon Prime, Double Impact. And so I went back and I watched Double Impact, which is like uh, a 1994 (laughs) Mm -hmm. film by Jean-Claude Van Damme where there's two of them, a twin brother. It's an amazing movie. It's wonderful. It totally held up, totally held up. In fact, I would argue it's one of his best movies ever. I know Bloodsport is the easy one. So anyway, somehow this drunken JVCD, JCVD moment of nostalgia, because this was a big movie for me when I was a kid. Not only was he at like the top at the moment, he was doing all the cool shit. I liked Bloodsport when I was a kid. But also every Jean-Claude Van Damme had great boobs in it. So if you're a 12-year-old, you're like, we're watching that shit like 12 times. (laughs) So I went and watched it, had a great time watching. I was drunk and this, whatever. So somehow on Sunday, I've been, it's final grades. I've been grading, grading. So I like to put, I put the TV on in the background. I have gone on a Jean-Claude Van Damme marathon. I heard. I am nine films deep since Saturday. Uh, since Saturday late night too, so I've really been pounding the pavement on uh, JCVD. I ordered a hat today, uh, off of eBay of Jim, the guy that says you're next. The guy from Bloodsport that threw the powder in his eyes. Um, That's a cool one. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's a great. So right now, I'm working on a secret project. I don't think it will ever come to fruition, but it's called Quarantining with JCVD. And the goal <laughs> is to watch every Jean-Claude Van Damme movie in uh, order. 
I don't want to hear you ever Ooh. talk shit about nerds ever again. I Mr. Am... Mr. Let's watch every Jean-Claude Van Damme movie ever made, you fucking In nerd. order. I actually started doing it, and I said, why am I? And I pulled up IMDb, and I said, why am I not watching this man's career unfold? You can watch him grow in front of your eyes. So, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, right now, uh, Matt Ivey said uh, he set the over-under at two splits per movie. Uh, I got to say, it's usually the over. He did, in Kickboxer, he did three splits in one scene. That's awesome. He's just just showing off then. Kickboxer here, Mm -hmm. I want to say this, Bloodsport, awesome. Lionheart, Awesome, still Lionheart. double uh, double impact, good. Death Warrant, still good. I watched Black Eagle, which he was a secondary character. That one, even that, that was very good, still. The real what about Street Fighter? Not yet, not there yet. A lot of people talk shit about that one, <laughs> but I have a secret affinity for that. Who's the guy that was the famous dude that was the sergeant, whatever this that died? He's a big actor. I forget him. He was super. Anyway, so I'm gonna give that one a pass. You know what the weakest one so far is? Surprisingly, Cyborg. Oh, mm. what about uh? Wasn't he in Universal Soldier? Mm. Watch that last night, dude. Dude, Universal Soldier's <laughs> the shit. Yeah, I, I, I a lot of money Universal went Soldier. into that mobile RV of theirs that they carried all those dudes. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> that, that, I, I remember seeing that when I was young. So yeah, like, the <laughs> the idea that I'm pitching out there is quarantining with JCVD, where I have a a show where I talk about my quarantine experience as I watch 78 <laughs> Jean Claude Van Damme movies. Nice, I like it. Nerd. Uh, Who's next? You watch- Who's next, though, is the question. Is it... Oh, one other thing. Uh, cool thing I like about these... St- when I watch these is watching the other actors that are in it. Forrest Whitaker is in Bloodsport. Daniel uh, Gibb, who was in... Uh, who was all- He was in Bloodsport. He was also in Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, he was Ogre in Revenge of the Nerds. Some things like that. I was thinking a podcast series where you watched an entire actor's career. You start with JCVD, and then you maybe do the whole Expendables cast. Whoa. That's uh, epic. That'd be it would be good, podcast. wouldn't it? That'd be a fun podcast, yeah. I'd See? like it. I'm working Let on it. Let me a podcast on it. I guess on it. There you go. <laughs> All right. So Ice Up JCVD's groin. Uh, no right. splits, zero splits in Universal Soldier, zero splits in Death Warrant. Getting older. Mm. Or you know, just didn't fit the part as much. Maybe we'll see. Maybe. One big one in Cyborg where he's over the guy's head between the two walls and then comes down stabbing him. All right, it's two and a half hours, Cody. I said I wouldn't go three. <laughs> I did not say it was going to be short because I give the long. You know what? <laughs> Yeah, I guess so, man. The lo- yeah, the long <laughs> explanation on how Tony is such a nerd that he would sit down and watch every Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. In order. Made. In, in order. order. In order. Yeah. yeah. It's going to get Tony- tough. I'm going to promise you this. It's, uh, it's, it's going to get tough around 2000 because the movies after knock- uh, after like Time Cop 
We're going to hit a real dearth. Oh, I remember Time Cop. Oh, wow. Hard Target, also one of my top JCVD movies. I really think they, uh, they, 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 I hate, I know they had created the role for him, but the fact he wasn't in Mortal Kombat is a, is a just a sin. He should have been, uh, it was Matt Ivey told me he should have been uh, Johnny mm-hmm. Chang. Yeah, that's because he does he the was splits. Supposed, no, no, he mm-hmm. was actually supposed to be the um, the actor guy. That he was actually supposed to be cast as that guy. Ah, do you know the other thing that's crazy? Go Google this shit. If you guys, I like the pre- uh, one of my most important films of my life was The Predator. Like it was important. Like yeah, I think it was the first rated R movie ever. Like my dad yeah. showed it to me when I was like five, which is not developmentally appropriate. But uh, original set, you can find pictures of what the Predator was originally looked like, and guess who was supposed to wear the suit? Jean-Claude oh, Van Damme. JCVD. And he looked like a, a big giant mantis. It was terrible. Go look at the pictures. Nobody was happy. Thank you, James Cameron, for sitting beside the director in an airplane saying, you got to make this dude more scary looking. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy with what we got with Predator. He's yeah, pretty good. Fantastic that- movie. That, uh, get to the chopper. That reminds me of learning that <laughs> Kevin Nash was Shredder well, in the uh, Ninja Turtles movie. I didn't yeah. know that either. Oh, and one other fun fact is I heard that originally cast for the Rambo was not Sylvester Stallone, but the dude who was in Rain, Dustin Hoffman. How what? about that shit? What? No, that would have been terrible. I that know. would have been so bad. Definitely, definitely go yeah. buy your underwear at Kmart. All right. Uh, that's the C3 Panthers <laughs> podcast. The number is 252-228-5098. CK, I've been on the video games. I've been crushing some home runs. I've been with mm-hmm. the kids playing a little Fortnite. My girls are good. We are a decent squad. And uh turns out the C3 guys are a decent squad sometimes on uh, Warzone, how can they find out about video games in CK? So you can uh, find me on Twitch uh, and uh, that's going to be code Dizzle underscore Allen. I'm also on the Book of Faces with that uh, exact same username as well. Um, So if you want to go to Facebook, search code Dizzle underscore Allen, you should be able to find me there. I stream both places so that way you'll be able to see me. Um... I, I stream with uh, these guys. I streamed with uh, with uh, Tony uh, last weekend. We had a pretty good time. Uh, and uh, basically, my uh, my gimmick is doing the voice that you guys have uh, come to know and love, and uh, try to surprise people and see what their reactions are, and hope to entertain uh, the people coming to watch me play video games. So. Here's here's my thought, Cody, on my intro for quarantining with J J V J C V D is. One man in a quest, like Jean-Claude Van Damme was in the movie Quest, watching <laughs> all of his movies in a period like quarantine. <laughs> We're going to do something like that. We're definitely doing all right. it. Yeah. All right. Um, Greg, lots of podcasts. How many? Oh, yeah, lots, man. Uh, you can find me at the Bat Daddy 52 on Twitter. Uh, you can talk to me you know, through these guys that run here. I also do another show. It's the Super Civil Servants Podcast. Uh, you can check us out. CK was on there last week, man. I just dropped that episode yesterday. Covered uh, the two towers for Lord of the Rings and a little bit of news, some gaming stuff. It was a good time. 
Uh, and then I have a new show coming out, dropping June second. It's going to be first episode. It is the DC Alliance podcast, part of the Ultimate Alliance Network. We're going to be dropping shows daily, so five days a week you can come to us for comics, movies, DC, Marvel, anything geek you want to, you can come to us for it five days a week. Check it out. P. Um, Thomas says, ice up them murder hornets. My wife told me a story <laughs> about these hornets uh, that they destroy bees. They decapitate bees. They say if these hornets are out of control that our bee population will be annihilated. Which will destroy the ecosystem. Yeah. Bees being gone. Jeez. Oh my gosh. I tell you one thing I like less than bees, and that's fucking murder hornets. Cody, how can they find you? Yeah, at Cody Lack on Twitter, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Um, also, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Cody Lashley. I've been doing a podcast with my buddy Jeffrey uh, called the Cripple Connection Podcast. And it's all about video games, man. Don't let the uh, cripple part scare you away. But uh, we uh, do it from different perspectives and also just talk about um, everything in the video game industry. And uh, I'll be doing some more podcasts coming up here soon. So subscribe to my channel as well. All right. It's Tony Dunn, C3 Panthers Podcast. Check us out next Tuesday. Follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Call into the show, 252-228-5098. And never forget, you got to keep pounding. That's what JCVD would do. (laughs) (laughs) You phone pound. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.